Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC New York and 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Election Day in New York City. City Council seats are on the ballot, as well as the race for Queens District Attorney. There are multiple mayoral races in Westchester and Long Island, and Suffolk County will elect a new county executive. Voters will choose state Supreme Court justices and civil court justices, and there's two statewide ballot measures, one regarding debt limits for small city school districts, and another for sewage projects. In New Jersey, every seat in both houses of the legislature is up for grabs, and there are multiple mayoral races in Connecticut. In the race for the White House, a new poll shows that former President Trump has a quite a lead over President Biden in five key swing states. The New York Times and Siena College survey found that voters in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Arizona, and Nevada all prefer Trump. Mr. Biden only leads in Wisconsin. Former President Trump's turn on the witness stand in his civil trial in New York, where he is accused of lying to banks about his wealth. Former President Trump takes the stand in the New York civil case that puts his family business empire on the line. I am certain that he will engage in name calling and taunts and race baiting and call this a witch hunt. You have a racist attorney general made some terrible statements and we just see some more that came over the wires today. A bloody scene as we see an elderly man on the ground. That man, identified as 69-year-old Paul Kessler, would later die of his injuries. From the Shell gas station on Thousand Oaks and Westlake, where there was a Palestinian rally around 3 p.m. Sunday. Kessler, who is Jewish, was holding an Israeli flag, standing next to someone holding a Palestinian flag. There was some type of altercation, the signage obstructing the view of how things unfolded. But at one point, you see the Israeli flag go down. It's unclear what exactly happened, but investigators say Kessler fell backwards and struck his head. Some witnesses say Kessler was hit with a megaphone by a counter-protester. He died early Monday morning. The cause of death, blunt force head injury, according to the medical examiner's office. The Mets are naming Carlos Mendoza. Wow, the Mets named Carlos Mendoza as their manager. Hmm. Uh, I have to admit, I do not favor bringing in a guy who has never managed a day in his life in New York City to be the manager. It has not worked with the Mets in the past. It certainly didn't work with Callaway. I would not do this. Didn't work with Rojas. Uh, I, I, I'm a little surprised. So Carlos Mendoza is the Met manager, so that takes care of that. 
Breaking news out of the NFL in MRI today confirming Giants quarterback Daniel Jones has a torn ACL. Head coach Brian Dable announcing that. Jones will miss the remainder of the season for the 2-7 and seven Giants. That leaves the rookie Tommy DeVito as the QB for New York, but Dable would not commit to him as the starter moving forward. The Giants play second string QB Tyrod Taylor on the IR over the weekend with a rib injury. So you look at the season stats for 2023 of Daniel Jones. This is it. A 67.5% completion percentage. Two passing touchdowns compared to six interceptions. Certainly leaving a lot to be desired for his numbers and overall for the Giants. And with under three and a half to go, here's Eckler, his second of the night. And the Chargers fans in attendance able to cheer that as the Chargers have blown it open here late in the fourth. Can I say something real quick? Sure. There's a reason you're number one in New York. You are fantastic. Oh my you God. really are fantastic. And I appreciate you, buddy. And God Thank bless you. everybody in New York. for that, but this is the great Paulie Simon. Nobody does it better. Of course, this song was used in the James Bond classic, The Spy Who Loved Me. I believe that particular Bond in that movie was Roger Moore. That's going to be my guess. Even though the consensus, and it's an overwhelming consensus, is that uh, the only bond that was great was Sean Connery. I know Daniel Craig gets some pub and Roger Moore, but the only real great James Bond was Sean Connery. Either way, the spy who loved me, nobody does it better. And that's Mark Levin who said that, not me. Not me. I didn't even pick that song just now. That was actually picked by Kelly Ripper. Is that right, Lewis? Well, I don't know what you're actually talking about, Rosenberg, but thank you for the publicity. Anyway. Oh, I mean, the great Sean Connery stopping by on this Tuesday morning. And there so. have been a lot of James Bonds, yes, but none have worn the tuxedo quite like <laughs> I actually have. 
And you know, Goldfinger was actually a friend of mine off screen. You know, <laughs> you don't even know that. Uh, Blofeld and I actually had several martinis. <laughs> Is that right, John? Yes, we did. And, well, uh, I actually don't know what you're talking about when you say Kelly Repa. No, 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 no. You wouldn't know. No, well, of course. No, well, you're dead anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm dead. But you were very good in, um, let me see, uh, The Untouchables? You're very good in that. Kevin what? Costner played Elliot Ness. What's the matter? Can't you talk with a gun in your mouth? <laughs> You're also very good in that uh, submarine movie. I liked it. Uh, what was that? Um, Red something or other? Red Dawn? Uh, something like that. Uh, yeah. It was a big submarine movie. <laughs> I don't know. Order. Look, right off the bat, I can tell you this. I don't feel well today, so... I was at the marathon on Sunday with Danielle. Again, congratulations to my beautiful wife on completing her sixth New York City marathon and 40th overall. And it was a beautiful day, sunny. It was actually hot. At one point, at about 1.30 on Sunday afternoon, I was standing outside with Eddie Caban and Laura Cavanaugh, the two commissioners, and I was hot. And then about uh, 2 o'clock, my nose started to run. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Because that felt great all morning long. And I got home Sunday night, and Danielle said, you don't look so good. I said, well, I don't feel good. So I figured I would just uh, sleep it off and wake up uh, Monday, which was yesterday, and feel better. But I don't feel any better. I went home yesterday, and I felt like hell. I actually did something I never do. I stayed home from the gym and took like a three-hour nap. And then I went last night like a real old person to CVS in Rockaway, and bought uh, Alka-Seltzer cold medicine. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. <laughs> Alka-Seltzer. Oh, Alka-Seltzer cold and flu. I go, oh, my God, I'm so old. So I woke up this morning, and I, I am snippling a little less. And I don't have a headache. I feel a little better. I sound pretty good, right? There's no uh, no voice issues. So far, not. Yeah. Not not exactly like the old Rosenberg of the times. Right, not that guy. No, you, sure. you sound no. Uh, all right. I sound tight. Yeah. But I don't feel all that good, so don't get my dander up today. It'll be a long day for all of you. I'm warning you now. Don't even do it. No? Nope. Yeah? Don't. Don't you hear me? Do not get my dander up today. Not the day for that. All right. Because I'll just go home. I don't feel well anyway. Hmm, I'll take bets on that. It's election day. I shouldn't be working anyway. (laughs) It's election day. (laughs) Like other people who aren't working. Right, like the NBA. (laughs) Somebody explain explain to me how the NBA, which is all black, it's like 90% black, how those guys play on Martin Luther King Day, and they're off today. I mean, are you telling me that R.J. Barrett has to run to... To, to vote for Vicky Palladino this morning? I mean, come on. Julius Randall is like, I got to vote for Ari Kagan. I can't play tonight. Can't do it. Isaiah Hartenstein wanting to vote for Ina Vernikov. So there's no NBA games. They got 14 games tomorrow. The whole NBA is off today for Election Day. These guys, God bless them, couldn't name one person running for city council. Not one. Don't you think that's the case, or am I, am I wrong here? What do you think? No, I think you're right. You think I'm right, right? Yeah. Can't see... Um, Emmanuel quickly running out this morning and voting for, um, I don't know, Christy Mamorato. You don't see it? He seems like a Tiffany Caban kind of guy. Oh, my God. You're right about that. Shaylin Brunson, thank you for voting for <laughs> Vicky Palladino. I'm, I'm getting you a first cup of coffee right now, but thank you. Come to the polls. The whole New York Knicks <laughs> yeah. team, come on down. The Knickerbockers are back tomorrow night, though, and Gaby wants to go because... The Knicks are off to a 3-4 and four start. The San Antonio Spurs are also off to a 3-4 and four start, but they sport the number one draft choice overall. 
this Webinyama kid, who's been amazing seven games in. So he makes his New York City Garden debut coming up tomorrow night. This is one of the games that Dr. Mark Siegel promised me, but I'm scared to death if I take it, I'll get more phone calls and texts, and I don't want that. Let me make this very, very clear. The more you call and or text me, the more annoyed I get. And that's pretty much the case with everybody. Like my good friends know, they keep it very quick and very simple. Don't get carried away. I just I shut down. But I want to take Gabe tomorrow night. So the Nets have the Clippers. The Knicks beat the Clippers last night. So we'll see. Maybe I'll go tomorrow. We'll see. But I have to feel better, you know. Of course. Because I have to be ready for my Bill O'Reilly Thursday show. But it is election day today, so who's off today? My kid is going to school. He goes to private school in New York City. He's got school, but all the public schools are off. Is that right? Uh, New York City, I don't know if they're off today, actually. I know my I think kid's off in Jersey. So, Wait, the kids in Jersey are in school or not? No, they're not. I mean, some places, it's district by district. Yeah, I don't think they go to school here today. I think our listenership today is going to be down, not because the show's not the best in the city, which it is by a mile. One of these days, I'm actually going to read off a list of all the program directors, managers, and sales managers from the other stations in town that listen to us, that text me about two or three times a week. One of these days, I'm going to do that. Not yet. I'll wait for a couple of months. But um, they're listening right now, all of them. You know who you are. And of course you are, because already in the open today, you heard that Daniel Jones is out for the year for the Giants. You heard the Jets got clobbered by the Chargers last night, Monday Night Football at home. Listen, this kid can't play. I've been saying it all year. I've gone back and forth with Joe Beningo ten times. I don't care how good the Jet defense is. I don't care how well Brees Hall runs the ball. I've said it from day one. I've never moved. He can't play in the NFL. Zach Wilson. He cannot play in the NFL. He's not good enough. Not good enough to be a backup quarterback, a third-string quarterback. He's basically Tommy DeVito at this point. (laughs) I'm serious. The Jets have a great defense, but they're a bad football team. You can be a bad team and have a great defense. They're a bad team. That was humiliating last night. There's no way the Chargers should come to town and beat you like that. Now the Jets haven't scored a touchdown, including overtime, in seven quarters. They've got Brees Hall. They've got Garrett Wilson. They've got Alan Lazard. They've got tons of talent. Seven quarters. So it's time to stop. It's You know, it's kind of cute when you love your team, but then you start to sound stupid. Whether you're Beningo or even Joe Nolan, stop. They're 4-4. Four and four. If Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback, I really believe this team is 7-1 and one and vying for a Super Bowl. And he said last night, quote, give me a couple of weeks. He actually walked back to the locker room, didn't use a cart, no crutches. No boot. No boot, right. He's, he's way ahead of schedule. And if you're the Jets, you'll take Rodgers at 50% over Zach Wilson at 100% any day of the week. This kid can't play. He stinks. He stinks. And that was embarrassing last night. But you got that in the open. You got uh, Chris Russo talking about the Mets' new manager, and he's right. Mickey Calloway, Luis Rojas, all these guys never managed a game before. Steve Cohen has a huge payroll, I believe the most in baseball. Certainly top two or three. How do you have the highest payroll in baseball and bring in some guy who never managed before? How do you do that? Now, I know Buck Showalter, it didn't go great, the veteran. And Craig Council ended up getting $8 million a year from the Cubs. $8 million a year. And that's who the Mets really wanted, but the guy's never won a big game in his life. Never. 
eight million a year. Cohen got outbid by the Chicago Cubs. So now you got a guy who never managed for a team that's got a payroll of a couple of hundred million dollars. Carlos Mendoza. That was in the open. Donald Trump in court yesterday. He should be on the show again next week. Testifying. And he's right. Letitia James, I'll say it for him, is a racist. She said, oh, he's going to race bait. No, I'm going to say it flat out. Letitia James, the attorney general, is a racist. A lousy attorney general and a racist. Good for you, Donald Trump. But the better news was, you heard in the open, five of the six major swing states, Trump has a nice-sized lead. Nevada, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Arizona, right now, all belong to Donald Trump. All Joe Biden has is Wisconsin. That's it. It's all in the open. Why would you listen to anything else? And, of course, Election Day, we've got the best coverage right here. Leading up to a later on tonight, when I'm sure we've got some Election Day show. I don't know who it is, but probably Dominic or Rita. I don't know. Who's on tonight? Uh, tonight, the normal normal crew. Oh, there's not like an Election Day special show? or Well, no, we'll be doing updates all night starting 7 o'clock. But there's no special show? No. Well, you should do a special show. I mean, here's the problem. Nobody cares. That's why we're not doing a special show, because you got three and a half million potential voters in the city. Three and a half million. You know how many voted early? 85,000. That is pathetic. Three and a half million potential voters. They had early voting for nine days and 85,000 only voted. So that goes to show you. Nobody cares. They yell and scream. They bitch. Oh, this is bad. That's bad. That's bad. But they do nothing about it. Nothing. Here's uh, Curtis Sliwa, who joins me and will join me in about 45 minutes. He's great every weekday morning. Showed up to vote. Here he is all by himself at 6.05 this morning at Brandeis High School. Polls closed. Big sign. Abestus abatement being done. Nowhere to vote. So according to Curtis... He went to his closest voting center, Upper West Side, and they're closed for asbestos. <laughs> so he can't even vote. <laughs> <laughs> this city is a joke. Ay, 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 what a joke. Curtis, you'll have to take the train and vote someplace else. Uh, so give me some of the, um, we know about, of course, the 51 city council seats. And let me say this, because you're going to hear PSAs on this station all day. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, Independent, go vote. Let me amend that. If you're a Democrat and you're going to vote Democrat, don't vote. Please don't vote. We're all sick and tired of the crime, the filth, the dirt, people who commit crimes getting out in 15 minutes, pro-Palestinians able to run the streets. We don't want that here anymore. So I don't want to hear everybody should vote. I'm going to amend it. This is the Sid Rosenberg voting system, and I know for a fact 99% of you agree with me. If you're a Democrat and you plan on voting Democrat, don't vote. Stay home. If you're Anthony Weiner, do me a favor. Stay home. Please stay home. Don't do us any favors, okay? You've destroyed this city. You've destroyed this state. You're destroying this country. I mean, I hear that guy once in a while on a Saturday. He's blaming Donald Trump. For some of the issues in this country. Trump has not served in almost three years. 
We had none of these issues. Now, again, this is Trump is running for president. That's a year from now. But it's not like the local Democrats haven't destroyed us either. From Justin Brannon, Eric Adams certainly has his fair share of criticizers. Kathy Hochul, the worst governor ever, right there with Andrew Cuomo. This city and this state, you name a Democrat, and I'll, I'll tell you, that person has failed. They have failed miserably. So, go vote today, but do us all a favor. No matter who you ordinarily vote for, you want to change the city for the better, vote Republican. That's my message. I'm going to say it a hundred times today. Vote Republican. There are no common sense Democrats in this city. There's one, excuse me, Bob Holden in Queens. That's it. One. One. Bob Holden in Queens. Tony Avella, scumbag. Justin Brannon, scumbag. Who is uh, this? Uh, well, I don't know who's running against. You know, she seems okay, but but those two specifically, Brannon and Avella. Oh, and Tiffany Caban, scumbag. One of the worst human beings God ever created, ever. Hands out pamphlets to little kids telling them the police are bad. They're bad people. That's Tiffany Caban. So if you're going to vote today and you're a Democrat, don't. I'm going to use the word that Joe Biden used when he got tough with the Iranians. Don't. Remember that? Don't. What a pussy. So, uh, Noam, give me what's, uh, what's going on today, please. Well, those are the big races that you said are the three city council races, uh, Tony Avella versus Vicky Palladino. Tony Avella is a pro-Palestinian supporter, just so you know. He put up some Facebook page today which attacked Vicky Palladino for all the things that he is. I don't know Tony personally. I've got nothing against him, but I know who he hangs out with. I know what funerals he goes to. I know who gives him money. Tony Avella is pro-Palestinian. You vote for Tony Avella, you vote for killing babies. All right, well, there's the baby killer versus Vicky Palladino. Vicky <laughs> is, is God's gift to Queens. God's gift. If you live in Queens and you love Queens and you don't vote for Vicky Palladino, something bad happens to you, you deserve it. So this is the third time they're, or this is the fourth time they're going to face off against each other. She won by just a couple hundred votes last time. Not clear what's going to happen tonight. The other one that's really interesting is the Brooklyn District 47, Justin Brannon, who's a city council member, going against another city council member, Ari Kagan, in this newly redrawn District 47. So, uh, Kagan switched parties from Democrat to Republican last year. And so that's why the two of them will face off or are facing off today. Um, and then, uh, uh, Ina Verna Cough, uh, Amber Adler is the Democrat she's facing off. And uh, those are the big races city council. Uh, Suffolk County has a uh, Suffolk County executive race. Um, I want that guy to win. Uh, Steve Ballone is right. about as crooked and corrupt as anybody in the history of Long Island politics. He's a, he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. And um, he out. I guess he's a uh, time limited. And uh, what's Romaine's first name? Ed Romaine. Ed Romaine is my choice. That's the man. You gotta vote for Ed Romaine today, folks. Do it. Ed Romaine for Suffolk County Executive. And in New Jersey, you have, um, all the state assembly and state senate seats up for grabs. There won't be a party. Wait a second. Is that Menendez today? No, no. The, uh, state assembly. Oh, state assembly. Yep. State sorry. assembly and right. state senate. Right. So, uh, Democrats have, uh, the advantage and party control is probably not going to change. I mean, it'd be shocking if it did. Yeah, I gotta do a better job. I got a text yesterday from Jack Manzo. No relation to Tommy Manzo out in Jersey with the brownstone, but, Jack said, you know, if you want, I could put all these Jersey guys on, and we have a huge listenership. 
in New Jersey. We really do. We do very well in the whole tri-state area, Connecticut, New Jersey, and New York. I don't want to leave Jersey out. So if Jack is listening, I am going to start to do a better job. I know that uh, Chitterelli is going to run for governor again, want him to beat Phil Oh, Murphy's out anyway. But at any rate, uh, we do care about New Jersey. So you saying the Democrats seem to have the advantage going in is horrible news. Well, they'll have party control at the end of the night unless something I don't see happens happens. Um, so many of these races, which is amazing, are unopposed. So these candidates have already won. Uh, the most oh, you know, it's like that Staten Island is like that. Yeah. Nobody runs on Staten Island. Nobody. No. Yeah, I mean, a fair amount of the city council race, the same thing, unopposed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the one interesting race in New Jersey, do you remember this truck driver, Edward Durr, who beat the Senate president, Steve Sweeney, two years ago? He he ran this race, had no support from the Republican Party, put uh, all the money for the campaign on his credit cards, and it was just a huge upset. Nobody saw it coming. So he's trying to hold on to that seat today. Democrats have poured all kinds of money into this race to knock him off. So we'll watch that race as the night goes on, but that's probably the most interesting one out of New Jersey. Right, We've got four uh, major races outside the tri-state area, Virginia, uh, Mississippi, Kentucky, and Ohio. I think uh, my man Brashear is, uh, is up again running for governor in Kentucky. Is that right? That's right. That's a big race. Uh, yeah, we'll watch that as the night goes on, too. But it's one of those off years where you have to search long and hard to find something interesting. Yeah, I know. Well, we're waiting for a year from today. That's the bottom line, a year from today. But again, if you live in New York City, I say this all the time, what happens in Washington, D.C. next year with my guy Donald Trump and Joe Biden will affect you less, believe it or not, than the city council votes. So 51 races, go out and vote and just vote Republican. That's my message. Don't vote who you think is the best, who's law and order, who's common sense, all garbage, all nonsense. You want to fix this city, you vote Republican. That's it. We're not the ones who believe in bail reform. We're not the ones who are okay with drag queens reading to our kids. We're not the ones who want CRT. We're not the ones who back the Palestinians, not the Israelis. We're not the ones who want to defund the cops. That's Democrats. And maybe two or three of them don't believe in all of that. But you know what? When you're aligned with a group like that, you're automatically bad. Bottom line. So don't vote for anything else but a Republican if you want to save this city. All right. Big guest list coming up today. What a great 30 minutes. Mark Levin is right. Curtis Sliwa. Nicole Maliotakis, Ari Kagan, vote for him, folks. Please get rid of Justin Brennan. Rudy Giuliani, and I love this lady, she's running too. Vicky Palladino. Some more. Carly Simon. <laughs> I love this song. Now, was this for Mick Jagger or for James Taylor? Do we know? I thought it was Warren Beatty. Oh, it was Beatty. I thought it was from Mick Jagger. I could be wrong. It's a confusing. Either way, it's yeah. uh, Carly Simon, yours so vain. And clearly, Lou put this out there for me. Thank you, Louie. I appreciate it. <laughs> Say something real quick. Sure. There's a reason you're number one in New York. You are fantastic. Oh my you God. really are fantastic. 
and I appreciate you, buddy. And God bless everybody in New York. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Little Joni Mitchell here for you. Joni Mitchell, hard to believe. Well, it's not hard to believe because almost every artist that we highlight on this show, and we always talk about some significance, the birthday, the heavenly birthday, something, is old. And if not dead, close to death. But that's the case with Joni Mitchell now, isn't it, Louis? <laughs> she was, yeah. yeah, she was close a couple of times, I think. She was, But yeah. um, 80 years old. 80. Joni Mitchell, 80. And you know uh, who did this song, too? I like I, it. Counting Crows. Adam Duritz, yeah. Yes. Did I misplay that a bit this one? Or? No. He no. played another. He I played, guess I played it. He, yeah. He played oh, the, he played uh, the Zevon thing. No, more. he played the Duritz version of Carmelita. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's Warren right, Zevon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's Zevon. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So Joni Mitchell is uh, 80 years old. You know, all this stuff going on is real. And I mean, real world issues, real world issues. And if you're concentrating on Donald Trump, not because I love Trump and him and I become good friends. That's all true. But you're the enemy. I mean, you, you got to what's going on in the world today, in our country today, is so much bigger than these nonsense cases, especially this one with a racist A.G. Letitia James. The Manhattan D.A. is also a fat, stupid racist, and that's Alvin Bragg. Anybody who tells you that black people can't be racist are stupid. Of course they can be, and they are, a lot of them, a lot of them. Just like white folks are racist, so are black people. And this Letitia James, I mean, again, we've been over this a million times. Perception or not, people are still afraid to do things in this city. Well, they do it. You know, I think Thanksgiving is coming up. I'll, I'll be at the parade this year. I can't wait. Macy's, I think, is um, going to take out uh, seven or eight new balloons. And I love Christmas. I do love this time of year in New York City. I do. I love to walk down Fifth Avenue. I can stand in front of Saks Fifth Avenue and stare at those lights for hours. It's gorgeous. I could see a guy deprecating right across the street, which I probably will see, but it's still beautiful. There's nothing like Christmas in New York City. There just isn't. But uh, people are still afraid to come here and, and all that stuff. And this idiot, Letitia James, is going on and on about Trump. 
She's not going to be bullied. That makes you tough, Letitia James? That makes you tough? No, what makes you tough is taking on the guy that went to kill one of his one of his uh, gang members and shot a four-year-old right in the face, which happens all the time. That makes you tough. Not going up to some white, old, rich guy, you douchebag. Here she is, uh, Letitia James, cut number two after testimony from Trump. He actually testified yesterday. Here's James. Uh, his daughter, Ivanka, she will testify in court tomorrow. Eric and Donald Jr. were there last week. Here is one of the most despicable and unlikable people I've ever seen. Cut number two, Letitia James. Today we heard from uh, Donald Trump in our case against him, other defendants, case. and the Trump organization. He rambled. He hur- hurled insults. Right, good. Um, but we expected that. Right. At the end of the day, um, the documentary evidence, evidence demonstrated that, in fact, he falsely inflated his assets to basically enrich himself and his family. No. He continued to in- persistently engage in fraud. Oh, my God. Um, the numbers don't lie. And yeah. Mr. Trump obviously can engage in all of these distractions. And that what is what exactly what he did, right. what he committed on the stand today, engaging, engaging in distractions. Yeah. And engaging in name calling. Right. Um, well, shut up. I'm, I'm doing the same thing right now. I'm not on the stand today. You can't intimidate me. You can't arrest me. And I'm telling you that what Trump said was exactly right. You're a raging racist asshole. How about that? Raging racist asshole. Letitia James. You could abbreviate it for the shirt. That's it. Uh, so, you know, there's uh, people on both sides of this, like Alan Dershowitz. Who, you know, we love dealing on this show. Brilliant constitutional attorney, brilliant. He was on my man John Katzmatidis yesterday, Katz and Cosby, and he, you know, pretty much said the same thing, that this is an absolute joke. It's politics. Here's Alan Dershowitz talking about Trump in court, cut number eight. It's so obvious this is a political trial, and, and the attorney general of New York proved it by her own actions today. And then you've got the other side of the... Uh, the other side of the argument, which is the governor. This is why when I get very, very tough with Kathy Hochul, this is part of the reason why, again, New York State not exactly thriving these days. I'd have to imagine if you'd shoot up a bunch of people who voted for Hochul with truth serum, they would tell you they probably should have voted for Lee Zeldin. And what is she worried about? Trump. Kathy Hochul, too. Yesterday, calling him all kinds of names. Just in case you missed it, this is Governor Kathy Hochul, cut number nine. Today, just a few blocks from where we are, we're hoping that the truth comes out about a fraudster, an imposter. Oh, your husband. Someone who allegedly lied about all his business holdings over an entire lifetime. Is she talking about her husband? Former President Donald Trump is testifying in an unprecedented civil trial brought by our own Attorney General, Tish James. Tish James. So... Far from telling the truth, as he's required to do, he's throwing temper tantrums from the witness stand and verbally attacking judges and courtroom staff. Love it. His conduct has been a disgrace. Not really. And I have full confidence that Donald Trump will be held accountable for his actions. I doubt it. No, you're a disgrace. Your attorney general's a disgrace. And quite frankly, New York is a disgrace. That's why everybody's leaving, Kathy. They're all leaving. Florida, Tennessee, 
North Carolina, South Carolina. They are leaving, and they're leaving in big numbers still because you're a disgrace. Your state is a disgrace. This city, and I love the cops. You guys know that. Nobody loves the cops more than me. Nobody. John and Margo are right there with me. Nobody. But this city is a disgrace. Don't tell me Donald Trump is a disgrace. Here is uh, his attorney, <laughs> Alina Haba. She outside the courtroom yesterday. I'm not sure why he picked her as her spokes. I mean, she's a cute kid, fine, but I don't know why she got that gig. I think Trump could have done better there. But here's Alina Haba outside the courtroom yesterday. Cut number five. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. That was what rang true, loud, and could not have been more honest, coming from the judge who has already predetermined that my client committed fraud before we even walked into this courtroom. I'm not here to hear what he has to say. Then why exactly am I being paid as an attorney, and why exactly are taxpayer dollars being used in this courtroom? Good question. The answer is very clear. (laughs) Because Miss James wants to stand right here like she did this morning and call my client a liar, call the company fraudulent, and make a name for herself. She goes on to say if there was any taunting yesterday, it wasn't Donald Trump. It was the uh, AG, Letitia James, and I couldn't agree more. Here's Alina Haba, cut number six. What I'm seeing is such a demise of American judicial system and democracy. Miss James came out this morning and said that she knew Mr. Trump, and she always calls him Mr. Trump because it kills her that he was the president. But the 45th president of this country, one of the best presidents we've had, has built a great company. It's worth a ton more than that statement of financial condition. And she doesn't know how to get out of it because her politics won't allow her. She calls him a bully. She says he's going to bring out racial slurs. He's going to say things today and taunt her. Well, Miss James, you taunted him. Before you came into office, before you saw one record, one statement of financial condition, you taunted him. You said... His administration was too male and too pale. Those are her words. Racist. She said that she and Michael Cohen were going to be his biggest nightmare. Where I have some news for you, Miss James. Michael Cohen folded, lied, and crumbled. <laughs> pretty, actually, pretty good there. Uh, one more from uh, Haba. She's impressing me this morning. She mentioned uh, George Soros. Yesterday, too. One more cut number seven, Alina Haba. All the DAs and corrupt AGs need to be paying attention to what happens when you let us take the stand, when you let my client speak the truth, and the judge can tell me to sit down, and he can try and shorten my client's testimony, but it is loud and clear. They've got nothing. They've got nothing but their politics. She's got nothing but her Soros backing, which we discovered recently. And I am sick and tired of seeing it. Pay attention, America. Pay attention. Because when you're in court one of these days and you don't have a lawyer that has a microphone and you don't have a lawyer that can go on TV and you've got judges gagging them, what are you going to do? We need to fix this country. That's a really good job. Alina Haba yesterday from, as Mike Breen would say, way downtown. 
Bang! Alina Haba, nicely done. All right, traffic is uh, coming up next. We'll hear from Joe Nolan. He's got to be defeated today. He won't act like it, but I wish he would just be honest. I mean, that was disgusting last night. And uh, they can't win. The Jets are not a legitimate playoff contender. I've said it all year. You know, I remember uh, Chris Russo once said to me, he goes, I swear to God, he comes into the fan, and um, him and Mike were talking about something the day before that I said the day before, too. And I was on before Mike and Chris. I was on 10 to 1. They were on 1 to 6.30. And I said, you know, Doggy, it's funny. Oftentimes I listen to you, and you repeat exactly what I say before you that same morning. And he said, I wouldn't know. I said, well, what is that? You don't listen to me. I work with you. We're friends. He said, Sid, I think you're great. I think you're great. But I don't listen to you because if I have my mind made up, you're the type of guy that will make me change my mind. And I don't want to do that. I swear to God, that's what Chris Russo said. And I told Pete Morgan and Andrew Giuliani and others, Daniel Jones is not a great quarter. But, well, look at his numbers last year. Mahomes, Josh Allen, stop it. He had one good year. Otherwise, he's injured all the time. He fumbles all the time. And they gave him a ton of money. And my opinion is, I think Daniel Jones' giant career may be over. I should have stuck with that. And from week one, I said, Zach Wilson can't play in this league. Oh, oh, they got a great defense. They can run it. You're wrong. I should have stuck with that. You're done. What I've come to find is my initial opinion is always right. Always. So I'm going to be like Russo. I'm not going to listen anymore. That's it. Anyway, traffic with Nolan is coming up next. It's now time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Today's minicast is from Katz and Cosby. Here, John and Rita talk to my dear friend, Bill O'Reilly. Now we've heard from David Axelrod and also James Carville just came out saying that these new polls showing Biden losing in swing states is, quote, a tipping point. You know this stuff so well, Bill. Your thoughts? Well, I spent uh, part of the day investigating the New York Times poll in conjunction with Siena College, which is uh, in the Albany area. And it's devastating news to the Democratic Party. Because remember, all the down tickets, Rita, will suffer if Biden loses this time next year. Remember, the, the election coming up fast, the primaries starting January, two months from now. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Alec here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. Last night, week nine, wrapped up in the NFL with the L.A. Chargers at MetLife to battle the Jets on Monday Night Football, ending with a 27-6 L.A. beatdown of New York. Despite the score, Herbert and L.A. didn't have to do much on offense to earn the win, not when their sack-happy defense and opportunistic special teams were making big plays for them. Darius Davis returned a punt, 87 yards for a touchdown. Austin Eckler ran for two scores, and Joey Bosa and that L.A. D. stipe 
stifled Zach Wilson in the Jets offense to the tune of eight sacks and multiple turnovers despite facing the NFL's worst ranked passing defense. Wilson and the Jets, they couldn't get anything going. Zach was 33 of 49 for 263 and New York went three for 17 on third downs and 0 for 2 in the red zone. Sticking with the NFL for a second, the Giants fears regarding quarterback Daniel Jones and his right knee were confirmed yesterday around noon with the team announcing that an MRI did indeed show a torn ACL for the young quarterback. Obviously, that means Jones will miss the remainder of the season. On the hardwood, the Knicks took care of the LA Clippers at home by a score of 111-97. Julius Randle had 27. R.J. Barrett had 26. And the Knicks snapped their two-game losing streak and recorded their first home victory of the season. They'll try and make it two in a row on home court come tomorrow night when they welcome in the San Antonio Spurs. As for the Nets, they dropped a close one to the Milwaukee Bucks, falling just short in a 129-125 loss at home. Giannis Antetokounmpo was his usual self, registering 36 points and 12 rebounds. I think in the, the, uh, the Celtics are still undefeated, right? Are they? I don't know. Let's yeah, I think they out. are. Wow. I think the, uh, I'll look that up while you're doing the next uh, story. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's check that out. Let's see if they are undefeated. I'll do it. Just, go, just go keep going. Oh, you're doing that. Okay. The Nets fall to three and four overall in the NBA. Five and one. Oh, five oh and they one. did lose. Okay. How about that? So no one's unbeaten in the NBA right now. No. No. Uh, okay. No. All right. Thank you, Lewis. Lewis from downtown. The Nets. They fall, <laughs> that's fall to three and four. They're still winless at Barclays. Own three. Record the Nuggets, who won the NBA championship last year. Yes. That's uh, Macedonia Bills team. They have started off seven and one. Mm. Best record in the NBA. And Jokic. Is off to a great start. Yeah, he does whatever he wants. Basically, yes. Yeah, he really yeah. does whatever he wants. With and that. I have a horrible story coming up later, because mm. you won't touch it, about the Philadelphia Eagles, the anti-Semitic Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, is that the organization's stance? That's my stance. You got a Jewish owner. You kick a guy out, the mayor, the great mayor, Nordcross, for holding an Israeli flag at a game against Dallas. And fat, stupid Chris Christie says nothing. My stance is he's another self-hating Jew, Laurie, and the Eagles are anti-Semites. So if you want to keep rooting for that team and showing up at bars and losing your voice and act like a complete moron, you do that. But I would hope that eventually you put your religion ahead of a stupid football team. The Eagles should be very embarrassed today. I will get to that story later. Okay. It's a bad story. It's a bad story for the Eagles. But MetLife would have kicked him out, too. There's no banner policy. But, no, no, no. I don't know what MetLife would have done. Yeah. I don't care. Well, you're just not allowed to hang banners over, well, like, any l- banner. l- Listen, you're the Jewish owner. Yeah. I the get guy's it. Got a I get it. It's a bad look. I don't want to hear about policy. I, I would like a public apology for sure. But I'm just saying. Well, you, well, you, any uh, banner well why don't you not. stop rooting for the Eagles until you get that public apology? That's not going to happen. Yeah. So. Sorry. On the ice, no local action last night, but uh, both ba- uh, both squads <laughs> back on the ice tonight. Yeah, just not going to stop rooting no, for the Eagles. Oh, no. So that's just, it's going to have to get worse. I, I, Osama, I, I, bin Laden, yeah. Osama Bin Laden I mean, could be the quarterback. I, he doesn't care. I can tell you I'm going to do that, but that's just not going to happen. As long as he can so. throw a screen pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 7.30, the Islanders Go are in action. Go the right wild. and catch it. <laughs> in the wild. Rangers in action at uh, 7.30 as well with the Red Wings. And later on, 10 p.m., Devils are in Colorado. Buttheads with the Avalanche. That's sports sponsored by... By Pete Morgan of Pillars Spoilers. <laughs> Go to PillarsSpoilers.com for your tagless dot com for the deal. You're the Jews. Eagles. F the Jews. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Depeche Mode. Great song right here. All right, folks, one hour in the book. Steve Stepanacci checks in from Florida on my Facebook. I love it. He goes, you're even better when you're sick. Thank you, Steve. Big 7 o'clock hour about to come your way. Curtis Sliwa and Nicole Maliotakis. Big 8 o'clock hour, too. We'll talk to Ari Kagan and Woody Giuliani. And one of my favorites, Vicky Palladino, coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Hour 2 of Sitting Friends in the Morning. About to come your way. Sid and friends in the morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. So before I get to Curtis, who does a great job at this time every day, gets big ratings, noon to one every weekday, big ratings, weekend overnights, and does his best work with me. I did mention this story, and... I can tell you Bo Deedle is very upset, Bo's a uh, very good friend of mine, and Jack Morris, who owns the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City, he's very upset. Let me give you this story quickly. A small American flag and a small Israel flag was hung, with, hung over the luxury box in Philly at this Eagles-Cowboys game on Sunday. George Norcross, billionaire insurance man, head of the New Jersey Democrat Party, tough guy. His son actually converted to Judaism. Married an Israeli girl who was there. As I said, Jack Morris was there. Pat Chris Christie on this box. So he's got this flag, George Norcross, half American flag, half Israeli flag. And it's hung over the box. The mayor of Philadelphia comes to the box and says to George Norcross, take it down. He told the mayor to F off you, Palestine supporter, also BLM supporter. You've got BLM signs all over the place. Why is that okay? So quickly, here's the statement from George Norcross. He was actually forcibly removed from Lincoln Financial Field. Eagles showing themselves to be real anti-Semites. Here's uh, Norcross's statement. Yesterday, I was forcibly removed and assaulted by the non-police security staff of Lincoln Financial Field and the Eagles for refusing to remove a 3 by 5 American and Israel flag. It hung off the box. I was sitting there. As a longtime passionate fan and season ticket holder, I have watched the Eagles and the NFL make clear and strong statements on numerous important civil justice issues and ethnic and world conflicts, including supporting the people of Ukraine. So as a strong supporter of Israel, a country which was viciously attacked by the terrorist group Hamas less than a month ago, I thought it was an important statement to make. It remains unclear why the Eagles and the NFL believe the U.S.-Israeli flag should be deemed obscene or indecent or otherwise inappropriate, which is what I was cited for and should therefore be ripped down, despite both issuing public statements strongly supporting Israel following the attacks. But as I consider whether to file suit against the Eagles, 
the NFL and the security company, which yanked me out of the box and paraded me in front of thousands of fans, I urge other supporters of Israel to make their feelings known to the team and the NFL, just as they've done to the universities like Pennsylvania and Harvard. There is no dispute. On October 7th, Hamas murdered innocent Israel civilians, raped women and butchered children, and continues to hold hostages. I believe Israel has the right to defend itself, just as the United States did following the September 11th attacks, and I will remain a proud and vocal defender of the right to do so. Americans have the right to peacefully protest. That does not include the right to threaten people with bodily harm or even death. George Norcross, who's about as tough as a mother effer, according to Deedle Morris and others, as you'll ever meet, a Democrat, mind you, forcibly removed and nothing from the Eagles. Now, I know the NFL supports BLM. I don't care. I just don't care. If you're going to go out there and defend Israel like the Eagles did, what it tells you, Curtis, is Biden's done the same thing and many others. All this pro-Israel rhetoric is nonsense. They don't care. So while Ellick is yelling and screaming, I don't want to make this about Justin, but on a serious note, Justin, I am being serious. I'm being very serious. Until the Eagles make a public apology, what they did to George Norcross, because I take that as a direct slap in my face. I don't care about the football team. Their owner is Jewish. I don't care what the mayor says. He is in Lori's box. Lori owns that stadium, owns that team, owns that box. He could have told the mayor to calm down and get out. He didn't do it. Instead, he allowed Norcross to be forcibly removed for having an Israeli U.S. flag. That is despicable. The Philadelphia Eagles should be embarrassed today. Any dispute, Curtis? None. By the way, uh, Justin Alec, you should take a menorah and impale yourself. You've put loyalty over the Philadelphia Eagles with the most violent fans in the NFL. Oh, my God. They stab one another, beat each other. They beat up the visiting team. They don't even get taken to jail. So George Norcross. They actually had a jail in their stadium for years. Yeah. The old stadium. The old, yeah. veterans, the old veterans stadium. Remember, they had a jail to book Eagles fans. That's how crazy they are. When they played at Franklin Field years ago, they threw snowballs at Santa Claus with rocks in it. Oh, they cheered when Michael Irvin laid motionless on the turf. Yep. And they're so stupid, they booed their own greatest third baseman ever, Mike Schmidt. And they even booed, as you said, Santa Claus. Exactly. So... Here it is. He puts up a three-by-five American flag next to an Israeli flag. He's got a box. Well, it was a half and half. In fact, right, I've right. got uh, my buddy from All Flags, you may remember, about a month ago, dropped off this beautiful wooden American flag. He actually made another one for me, half American, half Israeli flag. He's dropping it off at 930 this morning because we love America and we love Israel. Now, uh, who is in his box? Who is in George Norcroft's box? Did you mention that? Chamu! Yes, fat, stupid Chris, Chris Christie, now, let me who, tell you, who, who, by the way, didn't say a word the whole time. Let me tell you something. Chris Christie, when he was running against John Corzine, remember the billionaire from Goldmine Sachs, the chipmunk-looking guy. You mean the guy that Don Imus had to go apologize to? Exactly. <laughs> uh, because of that Rusk, uh, Rutgers, Rutgers Michigan guy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, George Norcross, the big power broker in uh, South New Jersey. You're a Democrat, got to go there. In fact, your favorite gal on TV, Keller Ripper's father, who I met in Camden, that's where George Norcross was born, uh, bus driver for years, union president, county clerk in Camden. When I was in Camden, they asked me, what would you do in Camden? I said, I'd clear everybody out, bring in the F-14 jets, drop napalm, and rebuild the city. He was shocked. 
<laughs> Joe Ripper was I love shocked. It. But he's been a very good friend, longtime ally, uh, George Norcross. When uh, Shamu Alhefe, Chris Christie, uh, wanted to win New Jersey in a way to bring Democrats and Republicans together to show that I, I could be a bipartisan president. He kissed the ring of George Norcross in the South and Bobby Menendez, that crook in the North who ran Hudson oh. County. This guy's a power broker. And he used to be the co-owner of the Philadelphia Inquirer, George Norcross. The actual paper there. Yeah, he lived in Mar-a-Lago for years. You know all about the, you know all about this guy. I know all about him. I had to deal with him. In fact, when uh, they were firebombing our vehicles in North Camden, right underneath the Ben Franklin Bridge, we were surrounded by the drug dealers. I had to run off to Cooper University Hospital, which he runs, which is the only decent thing in Camden, the city, other than the aquarium. And next to that is the jail and the <laughs> minor league stadium right there by the Delaware River. I know all about Camden. I know all about George. You know, the only thing I know about Camden is there was a running back who played for Nebraska. He was on that team with Turner Gill and Irving Fryer, that team that lost to my friend Bernie Kosar and Miami in the national championship game for Tom Osborne. And his name was Mike Rogier, and he won the Heisman. That's right. But instead of going to the NFL. Toronto, right? The no, Argonauts? He went to the USFL, oh, gee, where Doug Flutie oh, and Herschel yeah. Walker went. He played for the Pittsburgh Maulers. Then he went to the NFL. He was never any good. He retired a young man with, like, no money. And he was stabbed in the stomach and nearly killed in Camden, New Jersey. Exactly. Dwight Braxton, <laughs> the great light heavyweight, he had a fight with this guy, Scott and Rahway, right? I mean, he was a bruiser. So many great athletes have come out of Camden. Similar situation as you When you were born and raised in Camden and you survived that, that used to be where Campbell Soup Company's international headquarters was. You are tougher than tough. So Justin Ellick you got to choose being a Jew and supporting Israel in America or being a Philadelphia Eagle fan, which means you're a supporter of Black Lives Matter. Oh, He's you got to choose. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say supporter choose, of Black Justin. Lives Matter. They can do whatever he wants. I'm just going to tell you that there'll be no Philadelphia Eagle scores on this show. I don't care. They're 8-1, and one, best record in football. They're an anti-Semitic organization, and they're owned by a Jew, and I can't stand that. But, you know, I, I frequent a certain place by my house. And Justin actually saw the text. So my wife sent me a text, and she said, you know, we can't go there anymore because they're very outspoken BLM supporters. And it turns out that not only are BLM a bunch of crooks who don't care about black people, they couldn't care less, but they're at the very front of the anti-Zionist hate Israel movement. Now figure this out. The leaders of BLM, Black Lives Matter, which is now big, large mansions, they're into real estate now. I mean, it's got to cost millions of dollars so they don't even want to look at your property. They were led by transgenders, bisexuals, trisexuals. If they were to fly that transgender flag or that gay liberation flag in one of these Palestinian rallies, They'd they would chop their heads off. Yeah, much like the uh, the old man, the poor 69-year-old old man that was murdered at a shell station in Ventura, Thousand Oaks, California, on Sunday, murdered for holding an Israeli flag. Not getting a lot of attention, folks, but that did happen. You tell me the last time somebody who was pro-Israel murdered a Palestinian supporter, I don't remember. By the way, I want to 
to take on Noam Layden. He just poo-pooed you about all the elections in New Jersey today. Yes, Jack Manzo told me the Republicans have a good chance. Damn right. Oh, Let me tell you something. Noam Layden is an apologist for the Democrats in Hudson County. He's hoping that Steve Fuller becomes the next governor over my dead body so he can be his, uh, you know, his press at that What do you mean an apologist? He's he's one of the most liberal. He hasn't fooled anybody. Known for years. Yeah, but he said, oh, no big thing, you know, no, nobody's running. Hey, there's 80 assembly seats, 40 state senate seats, and the big issue, like it was in Virginia, that brought Glenn Youngkin to victory for governor, parental rights. Murphy is in favor of transgender rights. Oh. If your kid wants to be a transgender and they guide him in that direction, immediately he says, you don't tell the parents. You keep it hush, hush, mush, mush. That's the big issue. I'm telling you, Sid. The Republicans can actually take both houses in Trenton. They haven't done that since 2001. What are you talking about, Noam Layden? Well, let's uh, go I back. I was to... in Franklin Lakes campaigning for the Republicans with your guy, my guy, Cittarelli, who's going to oh, become the next governor. That is my guy, uh, Jack Cittarelli. And uh, Phil Sims lives there. Uh, going back to the Justin story, now that both Noam and Justin have taken a beating here from Curtis, the Philadelphia Eagles have made a statement and they said that uh, Mr. Norcross became physically and verbally abusive. Good. That's why he was ejected. We have not changed our stance. We're shocked what happened in Israel. Blah, 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 blah. Well, hey, uh, Eagles, well, shove was, it up your ass. What was tough guy? Shamu El Hefe Chris Christian. He didn't say a he word. He didn't have the back of Norcross. Not a word. He's sitting in his box. He's eating his food. You know, he probably ate all the buffet. Oh, sure. All of the course guests he did. of George Norcross. He's not even, by eat. the way, he's a Dallas Cowboy fan. Exactly. He was a guest of Jerry Jones, not the Eagles. Oh, my God. Well, we got to get to these. Uh, the, no more Eagle scores on this show. Nothing with the nothing, Eagles, nothing. Justin. I'm sorry. Please, please. Uh, they play in the Super Bowl, we'll have that conversation, but leading up to that, I don't want any Eagle mentions now, on this can show. Can I ask you one thing, because you remember your friend, Who's that? Uh, who knows nothing about football, Eric Adams, remember how he went <laughs> yeah. down to uh, the sidelines of Lincoln Financial Field? Eagle giant playoff game. Right, right. Well, he's tight with uh, the uh, Saquon Barkley, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, well, that's going to get him a long way here, <laughs> right? Let me ask you a question. Uh, have you heard from him lately as he texted you? Because he now has burner phones. So uh, has he given you his new uh, number to call on the burner phones, figuring that the FBI will not be monitoring it? Well, it's funny you say that before we get to the city council races, because there is a big story on Politico this morning that says that Eric Adams right now is no longer concerned with the migrant crisis nope, not here in New York. Right now he's worried about his own hide if the Suggs house was raided in Brooklyn by the FBI last week. Now, he still went to that church on Sunday. He went to the marathon on Sunday. So he has been out yeah, and about. Yeah, but he hasn't been texting you. And no, maybe no, it's no. because he's got burner phones now, <laughs> Sid. See, you're not one of the few selected. Uh, who would be on his burner well, phone who gets contact that? list? Besides Eleonora Sarugo, who else? Oh, man, let, let, let me just say, let me not go too far. Don't go too far. Let's just say, I, I know where you're going to go. I'm in consultations with <laughs> yeah. individuals who are a heartbeat away from taking oh, well, we'll, Eric Adams we'll, we'll, down. That's fine. By the way, has he invited you to a shredding party like Ali North was <laughs> shredding documents during Iran-Contra right. with Fawn Hall? 
Come on, help him shred the documents. We will you get, claim you're a friend. I am a friend. We'll get back to Eric Adams tomorrow, I promise. Ask him for his burner phone number, Sid. Fine. Clearly you think that he's going to go down with this. Most guys I speak to don't think that's going to be oh, the case. Oh, no, of course. He knows nothing about nothing, right? He's Sergeant Schultz. I know nothing. <laughs> I see nothing. He's not going to the White House, Sid. He's going to the big house in chains and shackles, either Otisville or Fort Dix for political corruption. Uh, we'll see. We'll get back to Adams tomorrow. But again, today is election day. And please get his burner phone number, please. I'll get it today, I promise. 51 City Council seats. Now, you, you put my name on it. Thank you very much. But you're the guy that really picked out 12 major endorsements. And I keep hearing about, uh, I want everybody to vote, all the PSAs. If you're a Democrat, go vote. No, if you're a Democrat and you plan on voting Democrat, do New York a favor. Don't vote. Don't listen to any of the PSAs. Do not vote. Don't vote. Because as far as I can see, of these 12 races, which you've deemed, Curtis, the most important, and you know local politics better than anybody, you have not picked one, not one Democrat that you want to win that race. So you tell me, outside of Bob Holden, who that common-sense Democrat is and why anybody in New York, if they care about this city, if they care about this state, if they care about this country, why any decent person would ever vote for any Democrat ever again. Shame, shame on you. Are you a proud Jew? Are you a Zionist? Every Jew at 22? Are you, is that you said? I guess. Uh, let me tell you the other common sense Democrat that has not been mentioned. Not by Frank Morano. Oh, I know everything about the election. You know nothing, Frank, you mama Luke. Just shut up out there in Staten Island. Calvin Yeager. Who's one of your peeps? He's fine. Where's the Yamagate? He's a Democrat. I know, I know, Kalman. Okay, so how come he never gets mentioned? Because he's Jewish. Uh, exactly. And he won't be invited to a Philadelphia ad- Eagle anytime you won't soon. You will not acknowledge your own Jew. <laughs> no, you're right. He's a second one. You got two what, people. What, are you going to get him a pretzel with mustard <laughs> on it now? <laughs> no, get him Eagle tickets against Dallas. Yeah, uh, you could go with Justin. <laughs> give me the ones, though, that you're, uh, you're really endorsing well, today. Well, first off, we got to talk about the fact that I was going to vote this morning before coming here, schlepping to WABC. So as I sent you the documentary evidence, because people are saying, where's the evidence, Sliwa? Right in front of the old Brandeis High School, where I always vote. Remember, they kicked me out during the mayoral vote. They wouldn't let me come in with my little kitty cat. They delayed my vote for an hour. So I've been voting there with Nancy regularly. So at 6.05, I said, nobody's going to be there except everybody who's a feather-bedded job, you know, a no-show job. They're going to be sitting there, the old Altacacas, you know, drooling there for the Board of Elections. I go there. All the doors are locked. On the ground, they have, you know, all the signs that say, go this way, walk this way. I'm thinking Steven Tyler Aerosmith, walk this way. I walk this way. I walk that way. Signs on the school, asbestos abatement. You think you're going to get anybody when you eventually open up Board of Elections to go in there? These old Dr. Cockers who have shields on, <laughs> double masks, they're wearing Depends diapers on. You think they're going to vote in a building where there are big signs with uh, skull and crossbones? No, no, no. Asbestos no. abatement? No, never. The doors were locked. 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 You can't vote there. You couldn't find oh an individual. Yeah. All I saw is a little mouse scurrying around on the floor. <laughs> ah, ah, Nobody. Oh and I was going to vote for, remember, you had her in here with her daughter, uh, Diane DeStasio against uh, Gail Brewer, who's never had another job in her life. I can't stand Gail uh, Brewer. I'm going to be honest with you. Diane and her uh, daughter, Rochelle, who I guess was uh, Miss New York, I didn't do herself any favors when she was in the studio. She seemed a bit nervous, a bit confused. I'm being honest. Now, of course, I would vote for Diane because well, well, she's wait, a Republican, wait, she, and I hate Gail. Excuse me. She was here with the number one <laughs> yeah, talk radio host in yeah. the nation. Does she, Come a, on. does she have a chance of winning all kidding aside? 
No. In this election, no, sit, no chance. Only eighty-five thousand people I showed know. up early voting. Anybody can win. The, the voting has been so dismal. You know what the answer is to this? Yes. When you want to bet, right? You go on your phone, FanDuel, right? Millions, hundreds of millions of dollars exchange. People do stock deals on the phone from all over the world, right? Correct, yes. Billions, trillions of dollars every day. How come we can't vote on the phone? Why can't we do what modern society does on its phone every freaking day? I guess they're worried about um, some type of virus where Excuse you can me. rig it. Uh, do you think people are trying to steal your money? You think they're more... No, more, you're right. You're right. Yet, yet people trust phone on the phone to switch billions of dollars of wealth. Uh, you're right. But why can't we just go back? You have to show up at a, at a place and vote with a piece of paper. How about, how about instead of an arcane way of voting, you just let people do it on their phone? Okay. I mean, like, they do everything else in like You're life. right. They bank on, on the phone, phone, the millions and millions of dollars. Look, you're you right. You're right. A- you go into an ATM machine, right? You transfer wealth on an ATM machine. We've seen all the ways they can try to steal your information on an ATM machine. You could create a secured way so that people can vote on their cell phone. And if they don't have a cell phone, they could go into an ATM vestibule and vote there. <laughs> I like it. I like what I'm hearing. Do away with the Board of Elections. Arcane, you know in other states where you were from in Florida, to run for office, you could have $100 or 100 signatures. In a place like New York, so arcane, they check your signatures. Did you did you dot it? Did you cross it? The angle to the dangle. It's all meant to preserve these deadbeat jobs. We spend close to two hundred million dollars, and what? Only eighty-five thousand people voted so far. That's and it. Hey, eighty-five thousand. Would you open up my freaking yeah. polling location <laughs> so I can vote at the old Brandeis High School? Asbestos abatement. How ridiculous! And by the way. You got to help your friend. He's in trouble, Sid Rosenberg. Hopefully, you're not a fair weather friend to Eric Adams because he hasn't called you on his burner phones and you haven't showed up for his shredding party. Hey, shred, 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 quick, Eric Adams, before you end up going to the big house in chains and shackles. So I'm the mayor and wait. Why don't you just leave now? And I'll deal with the migrant problem. Pack up your bags. Get on the buses. We're shipping you to D.C. to your Papa Chula Joe Biden. He created this mess. Let him deal with this mess. And informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Oh my God, who cares that Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds is endorsing DeSantis? They've been running that on MSNBC all morning long. They hate Donald Trump so much that they'll actually 
say nice things about Ron DeSantis, a Republican, because they hate Trump so much. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds. I mean, God, who cares? First time I've ever heard of her. Exactly. (laughs) All right, just so you know, if you haven't been listening all morning long, the Philadelphia Eagles have proven to be a feckless, spineless, anti-American, anti-Israel organization. They are perfectly okay, and I know the NFL is okay with it. That's that's not an excuse. They are perfectly okay with promoting BLM. BLM, who couldn't care less about any black person on this planet. They're there to make money. And now BLM has been exposed as one of the top anti-Zionist groups in this country. They hate the Jews. They hate Israel, too. And the NFL is all about BLM, right, because most of their players are black. And most of those players don't like Jews either. Yes, I made that generalization. Get mad at me. I don't care. Because I know for a fact that tons of players, tons complained after the NFL ran a PSA about Israel. Noam Layton was a guy that told me about that. And he's right about that. So BLM is okay. But when, when my guy shows up at the stadium with a, with a flag that's half Israeli and half American, The mayor of Philadelphia, the owner of the Eagles, fat, stupid Chris Christie, all these folks get crazy with the guy and throw him out. So the Eagles are no good. And how about what Bill O'Reilly just said? Not every Arab is a terrorist, but all these terrorists are Arabs. He said it. I didn't say it. He said, I wrote a book on killing the killers about a lot of bad Arabs, right? So before you start yelling at people about being Islamophobes and all that nonsense, I couldn't care less. All I know is 9-11, Arabs. What happened, Hamas, October 7th, Arabs. Countless attacks over the years. ISIS, Taliban, Al-Qaeda. They're all Arabs. That's a fact. That's not not an opinion. That's not a guess. Just like the blacks who attacked the Jews in New York City at 90%. We're going to have honest conversations or we're going to bullshizzle each other. On this show, I prefer to have honest conversations. One of those is coming up next with one of my favorite Congress people in the country on this big election day with all these city council races at stake. Nicole Maliotakis will join us. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Step out the front door like a ghost into a fog where no one notices the contrast of white on white. And in between the moon and you, Angels get a better view of the crumbling difference between wrong and right. Well, I walk in the air between the rain, through myself and back again where I don't know. Maria says she's dying through the door. I hear her crying. Why? I don't know. Round here. We always stand up straight Round here Something radiates 
One of my favorite songs ever off the great August and Everything After album. Adam, Adam Duritz and the Connie Crows. Round here, this is at least I have two sides of an album. This was the first song on side number two. Little uh, history note for you. King Charles gave the, not Charles Barkley, King Charles gave the first king's speech in 70 years. Because, of course, his mom, the queen, has been running that monarch till she died last year. So that is the first king's speech in nearly 70 years. Well, how about that, Louis, baby? I wrote it down. Thank you. You don't care. Uh, Ari Kagan (laughs) will join us coming up at 8.15. And I am endorsing Kagan, as John Katsimatidis pointed out with Nicole on his show on Friday in a big way. Then we'll talk to uh, Rudy at 8.40 if he calls. And then uh, Vicky Palladino, my favorite, she's coming on at 9.15. But Nicole Maliotakis, great congresswoman, she has been very vested in Ari, too. And a lot of these council races, it is Election Day. And don't listen to these PSAs. If you're a Democrat and you're going to vote Democrat, don't vote. I don't want Republicans, Democrats, and independents voting. I want people who are voting Republican to vote. That's it. If you plan on voting Democrat, please don't vote. I want you to go into these booths. I don't care if you even know the names of these people. Just vote Republican because the Democrats are killing this city. And there's not one decent Democrat on these tickets. Not one. With that said, here's Nicole Maliotakis. Nicole, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Feeling good, Sid. Feeling good. We, I think uh, I think we can do this today and flip this seat in southern Brooklyn because, look, as you know, last year we flipped four assembly seats within my congressional district. Three of those were in Brooklyn uh, and overlap, actually, with this council seat. And so we're really excited about the opportunity to finally defeat Justin Brannon, who has only voted against the community, right, voted to defund the police, voted to close Rikers Island and build a jail in Brooklyn, voted to continue to allow criminals back onto the streets, uh, voted to increase property taxes, which homeowner, you're paying for that directly. If you're a renter, it's being passed on to you. So uh, he has only voted against it, uh, this community, and we have seen the quality of life deteriorate as a result. That's why you, know, you and I are both supporting Ari Kagan. It's going to be a tight race, though, and we really need everyone to come out and vote because it was a very low turnout, particularly among Republicans and independents, in the um, early voting. So we need everyone to come out today, and let's send a strong message to City Hall. That is uh, the new District 47. We are imploring you, begging you to vote for Kagan. You looked at all the personal stuff, too, which includes he makes fun of autistic kids. He uh, took a shot at Mother Teresa, which is really grotesque, on his stupid band's album cover. And uh, he had nothing negative to say about 5,000 pro-Palestinians taking over the streets in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, and attacking the cops. Add all that. Add all that to the resume you just read. Yeah, and, and, and the guy's just a liar. If you, if you, there's a video that's been floating all over social media. The detectives union tweeted it, and the lieutenants union tweeted it. A sergeant's benevolent association. By the way, all those unions are supporting Ari Kagan because Justin Brannon, again, defunded $1 billion, and then he actually went to go lie about it. Okay, he went on Rosanna Scotto's show on Fox 5, and Rosanna Scotto actually called him out. I don't know if you saw that video. No, I did, yeah. And if he did the same thing on this show about two weeks before he did it on TV with Rosanna Scotto, he liked the both of us. He about the vote. Yeah. (laughs) No, I know. He's uh, he's a liar, too, on top of all of it. He's he's got to go. No, he's got to go. Ari is um, certainly um, the right choice. I read something, too, where... Some old Bill de Blasio aide, I don't mean old by age, I mean used to work for de Blasio, he's been out there sending out messages 
to potential Kagan voters not to vote for Kagan and vote for Brandon instead and making up lies about Ari. Have you seen that story? Yeah. Um, so Team de Blasio is all in for Justin Brandon. I think that's clear. I mean, and why? Because Justin Brandon has supported his agenda. Something up with uh, your phone. I'm I'm uh, not hearing you for um you were doing great there in the beginning, great, but now I can't hear you all that well, so what kind of phone is this, Nicole? <laughs> you know, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, and if all you, right. now you're good. Go ahead. Unbelievable. I got a new phone and go figure. <laughs> um you know, the Democrats probably are hacking into my phone because they don't want me to get this important <laughs> message off. Wouldn't surprise me. And there the you the there it goes again. Agenda. Yeah. And that is why the de Blasio all right, you got to call back. Uh, you got to call back. The phone is uh, it's, it's annoying. I love you to pieces, and it is a very important message. And um, I'm as enthusiastic about an Ari Kagan win as you are, but I need to be able to hear you. You talk for like uh, two seconds, and they get about five seconds of silence. And I want to cover a lot of these races, not just Ari Kagan. I want to go to District 48, which, of course, is my friend Ina Vernikov. I want to go to District 19 which is my friend Vicky Palladino. There's a bunch of these races. And I just got to get Nicole's opinion on this idea that um, everybody should vote and there are common-sense Democrats and all that nonsense, which I've been hearing about for a long time, and I just can't seem to find any evidence of any of it. I mean, any of it. Is that Nicole back? Is that uh, is that her, Lewis? Hey, Nicole, let me ask you a question. We've run some PSAs on this station, and we're urging everybody to go vote. And you know me. I don't beat around the bush. I don't want Democrats voting. I don't want anybody voting who's going to vote for a Democrat. Do us all a favor and stay home. Because I maintain, outside of Holden and Yeager, there are no common-sense Democrats in any position in this city. In fact, they've destroyed this city. They've destroyed this state. And at a federal level, Joe Biden is destroying this country. Don't tell me that everybody should vote. I don't want Democrats to vote. Am I being over the top, or do you agree? Well, the thing is, because of the registration imbalance, we need the Democrats to vote, but we want them to vote Republican this year, which they have been doing in southern Brooklyn. Remember, we flipped those four seats uh, in Staten Island, southern Brooklyn, within my congressional district. And this, these are the neighborhoods I think this is important for people to know. Bay Ridge, Bath Beach, Gravesend, Seagate, Coney Island. That's where this this swing council seat is today. And if you live in those neighborhoods, we really need everyone to go out and vote if they're going to vote for Ari Kagan, right, if they're going to vote for change. Because Justin Brannon has only been siding with the de Blasio agenda since he got there. And that is why, as you were mentioning earlier, the team de Blasio is all in for him, trying to help him and playing dirty tricks to try to change the outcome of the race. What do you think about Christy uh, Mamorado? you have any uh, preference in that race, District 13 in the Bronx against Marjorie Velasquez, or not really? Yeah, well, this is an area where Curtis Sliwa squeaked by. I also won it when I ran for mayor. I, I am endorsing Christy. I think she would be a, a great voice. Bronx needs to have at least one Republican. I mean, that's what this is all about, bringing some type of balance to the city. It is so skewed uh, to the left. And Christie is a great candidate, and that's in, like, that uh, Pelham Bay, Throgs Neck area. 
Um, we can win that seat. We've done it before, as I mentioned, in the last two mayor races. And so Lee Zeldin also won that district. So I think, look, we have a great opportunity there. And, and people shouldn't be discouraged. I know they feel like they go out and vote and it's always, you know, the Democrats win. But but the truth is we are slowly flipping these seats. Yeah. In southern Brooklyn in 2020, I was the only Republican in, in any level of government representing uh, Brooklyn. Now there's seven of us. That's a big deal. Uh, I got to tell you, I can't stand too. I can't stand Brennan. Uh, I am rooting for Christy Mamorado, even though there's been a, a war on the show between Sliwa and Rendino, but I want Christy to win. But another candidate that I really can't stand is this Tiffany Caban. She is a bad person handing out pamphlets to little kids that they should dislike the police, defunding police, pro, I mean, all the, all the bad things that the Democrats do. She's a part of all of it. She's friends with AOC, the whole squad, and she's running in District 22 against Kelly Klingman. What do you think Kelly's chances are, Nicole? Well, I think that this district's a little harder, but I do think that people are fed up. That used to be a more conservative district, and it used to actually represent a large Greek immigrant population. That's including the Astoria area. Um, I think that uh, I think it's really important that people come out and send that strong message. I don't know. You know, it's a tough, tougher seat, but we should, you know, no one can win if we don't go vote. That's the bottom line. Right? Yeah. We need to show yeah. up. And unfortunately, in, in races like this, it's such a low turnout. So anything can happen, quite frankly. Anything can happen if you just show up and vote. The right people, the people listening to this show are the ones that we want to go vote because we know that they're sick and tired of the one-party rule in this city. And so um, I I think that's a good opportunity for us as well. Vicky Palladino in Queens, she has a tight race as well, Whitestone. That's not a walk in the park. We need everyone to come out and show up for Vicky Palladino, who's doing a good job of a real – really shaking up city council. Uh, and, And that's what's needed. Yeah, I'm not, uh, Tony Abella's proven to be a pretty bad guy too. Pretty bad guy. So, uh, before we, um, wrap this up, I do want to get to some important matters in, in Washington, D.C., Nicole, which of course you deal with as a congresswoman on a daily basis, specifically monies to Israel, Ukraine. Where are you guys with that? I did see something today that if in fact Ukraine's going to get more money, you guys want more money for the borders. I appreciate that as well as uh, maybe even some uh, changes in the uh, asylum rules. I'm all for that as well. Where are we with a money to Israel? Do we get to give them the money and not split it between Israel and Ukraine? Some of these other issues on the table that you guys are trying to resolve. Well, as you know, um, President Biden wanted to spend $80 billion for IRS agents. We froze that for this year. And what we're saying is out of that pot of money, we want to pay for the aid to Israel. So um, that we passed a bill last week that does that. It was sent over to the Senate. Um, I, the Senate should, quite frankly, just pass it. Uh, we'll see what happens on that side. Um, yeah, the, the president has been trying to use Israel to squeeze through more funding for Ukraine and also more funding for the border, but not to secure it, to process more paperwork. And so we're very opposed to that whole package Um, Look, the White House needs to come before Congress and tell us how the money that's gone to Ukraine has been spent. Has it been effective? Has uh, what's the strategy here? It has to be in a classified setting. We need to know uh, where we're headed with this and, and, you know, can't keep pouring more money into Ukraine if we're not getting the desired outcome of finally defeating Putin and and Russia. So we, we deserve answers to our questions before we authorize any more funding. Um, I think that's fair. I think that's what our fiduciary responsibility to taxpayers includes. 
Um, and then with the border, we're not going to give more money to process paperwork to allow millions of more people in. We want changes in policy. We want to restore Remain in Mexico. We want to make sure we get rid of catch and release. We want to make sure that we reinstate uh, Title 42. Go back to some of the policies, if not all of the policies, of President Trump. And so that needs to be a negotiation there. Uh, so we're not ready to just rubber stamp uh, more money for Biden to continue this uh, crisis. Um, and so that's that's where we're at on all that. All right. Uh, what if they're known with the news? We are going to talk to Ari Kagan, winning against Justin Brandon, District 47. And again, uh, Nicole Maliotakis and Curtis Sliwa at the very top of the enthusiasm list. I'm right there to get Kagan the win. Last 60 seconds, the mayor, I know you've dealt with him quite a bit, the migrant crisis out on Staten Island, Curtis Sliwa, the rebels, all the lawyers. You've even drawn up. Uh, join up legislation, I should say, about uh, the migrant crisis. You're very involved in that. You've dealt with the mayor. Any thoughts on the bust, Brianna Suggs, her house, the FBI, taking out all those boxes? I shouldn't say bust, that the raid at the apartment in Brooklyn, which some people think may lead to the demise of Mayor Eric Adams. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, look, it's, uh, it was, I think, really interesting to see this happening when the, when the mayor was in Washington. Uh, you know, we don't have enough information of, of what exactly is occurring here or if there's any implications that the mayor is involved in something. Um, what I would say is, you know, whenever somebody's critical of the of the White House, you see them being targeted. We saw, you know, it, look, that's a fact. Right? So, so, you say, so let me stop you right there. So you're saying right now, because I've heard this before, and I'm not saying you're wrong or you're right. So you're telling me that Eric Adams is a victim. Well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying he was probably targeted or potentially targeted because he has pushed back a little bit. And I say a little bit because he could really do be doing a lot more uh, speaking out against the president, pushing him to secure the border. Um, doesn't mean that he didn't do something wrong. It means that they targeted him to find. I mean, it doesn't mean that he didn't doesn't mean that he uh, did something wrong or did not do something wrong. But perhaps they're targeting him to try to find something because he's been a, a little bit of a thorn on the president's side. We know that the, this administration is weaponizing agencies, and that's part of what we've been bringing up in Congress, the fact that they are weaponizing political opposition, right? So um, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. If you're, if you're going against the president, perhaps they're targeting you. And I think that's something that should be looked at, quite frankly, in all, in all fairness. doesn't mean, again, that he didn't do right. something wrong, no. uh, but no. we need no. to find out more information is what okay. I'm saying. And, 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 and maybe trying to put fear in other mayors to not be so critical about the open border policies. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case, that uh, Biden went after Adams individually. I wouldn't be shocked at all, but uh, we'll see whether or not that means that he did not do anything wrong in this. Uh, I tend to side with Eric because I like him personally, but we'll see what happens down the road. Have you already voted for Ari Kagan this morning? Well, I, I live in uh, Staten Island, so I had the pleasure of voting for Joe Borelli in his tough, unopposed uh, race today. Um, but, look, people, people, please go out today. It's really important. We can win this seat in southern Brooklyn. Let's flip it. Uh, and when you hear Ari later, you'll notice that he has a very uh, uh, distinct accent. Why is that? Because he fled communists. He fled the Soviet Union. Uh, that's what makes him, I think, unique in this, is that he knows what communism is. He knows what socialism is. And he sees it in the city council, and that is why he's running as a Republican city council uh, to to shake that up. So please go out and vote today. You are the best. Vote.nyc for your polling site. Vote.nyc for your polling site. And hopefully, unlike Curtis Sliwa's polling site on the Upper West Side this morning, it'll be open. His was closed. 
for asbestos removal. You can't make it up. Uh, I swear to God. Nicole, great job as always. Thank you so much. You're, you're terrific. You know I love you. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. Thanks a lot. You too. Nicole Maliotakis right there. That wraps up the first two hours. Still a lot more to do. The aforementioned Ari Kagan will, in fact, join us next. We're also going to talk to Rudy Giuliani. And in the 9 o'clock hour, look out. Vicky Palladino, you got to vote for her, District 19. Please vote for Vicky Palladino this morning. More of Sid and Friends is coming back. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. All right, this is, uh, I think, the most important race today. It's in District 47. Ari Kagan, the Republican, going against the... Um, a horrible person, Justin Brandon, the Democrat. The incumbent, if you will, Justin Brandon. They do move the district. It's now in 47. But regardless, uh, we have on this show, from Curtis Sliwa to moments ago, Nicole Maliotakis, to me, enthusiastically endorsed Ari Kagan to win this race in District 47. So with that said, here he is, our candidate, and hopefully the winner by 9 o'clock tonight, Ari Kagan, good morning. Ari, how are you? Good morning. Thank you for this opportunity. No, you're welcome. It's uh, good to have you back uh, on the program. So how do you feel? This is it. Today's election day and all the early voting is over. All the uh, talk back and forth is over. Today's the day you're going to find out whether you win or lose. How do you feel today? I feel very excited. I strongly believe that communities of southern Brooklyn are ready for a change. Uh, They support candidates council member who share their values and their concerns, especially when it comes to public safety, growing migrant crisis, exorbitant cost of living, and uh, unequivocally condemning Hamas. And this person is uh, myself. I strongly believe that communities in southern Brooklyn, regardless of their political affiliation, race, ethnicity, they all want to call New York home and to live safe and to, to pay less taxes and to make New York City much better than today. Nicole just made the point that uh, you fled Russia, communism, socialism, so you know about that as well as anybody. And, of course, uh, we've all we've all talked about the New York City Council, accuse them of being some of them communists, certainly a lot of them socialists. Is it fair to say that? Absolutely. And my opponent, Justin Brennan, is enthusiastically endorsed by... Uh, co-chair of Progressive Caucus, Lincoln Ressler, by several socialist council members, and of course by socialist Bernie Sanders. Because uh, Justin Brennan believes in socialism. He invents new taxes. He believes that uh, people who are making money, middle-class New Yorkers, should pay more and more uh, to tax them to death. You were a Democrat, uh, Ari Kagan, and now, of course, you're running uh, on the Republican ticket against Brennan Later on today, what was it for you? You know, I've got friends like Dove Hyken and Tulsi Gabbard, 
They were Democrats. They are no longer Democrats. They're not even independents. They've gone straight to Republican. What changed it for you? What was it? I joined many, many New Yorkers who are switching from a Democrat party to Republican party because it's uh, unconceivable today that Democratic party in New York moving away from issues like public safety, making our life much less safe, like supporting criminals over law-abiding citizens. And my opponent voted to close Rikers Island, and this year he voted to uh, expedite the release of thousands of criminals from uh, Rikers Island and allocated almost $40 million for, for this purpose. So I can no longer, I, I was not able to stay in the party that moving to socialism, moving to the left with such a speed, I could not even keep up, especially when it comes to public safety, school education, uh, taxation. I disagree. Every day I complain, I disagreed. I said, no, I can no longer be in this party. I'm in the wrong party. So in this election, I'm endorsed by major police unions, by I'm a Republican nominee. I was very proud to receive more than 75 percent of uh, Republican uh, voters' support in primary on, in June. You know, that uh, that neighborhood, um, it has changed quite a bit from when I was a kid. And without getting specific, why, it has not changed for the better. You hear me, Ari? It has not changed for the better. And, in fact, a couple of Saturdays ago, I sat in my house and I watched footage of 5,000 5,000 pro-Palestinians who ended up, mind you, a bunch of them, getting into fights with the police. It was worse than January 6th, to be honest. 5,000 pro-Palestinians, the streets of Bay Ridge. And I'm yet to hear Justin Brannon say anything negative about those collection of people, the fact they fought with the cops, any of that. I know you're aware of that. How, How hard was that to watch in a Brooklyn neighborhood? I'm a son of Holocaust survivors. I'm a, a Jewish refugee. I also want us to say that many of these people were not from Bay Ridge and came from uh, other neighborhoods of New York City. But I condemned this rally right away when I learned even the title of this rally, Let's Stop U.S.-Sponsored Genocide by Any Means. I immediately blasted this, even the title of this rally. And, of course, I, I blasted all of these people who hosted uh, science, anti-American, anti-Israel, anti-Semitic science. And my opponent, who usually jokes on Twitter every minute of it, waited for uh, m- more than uh, two days just to start commenting on this after I blasted him on social media for his radioactive silence about it. Yeah, I saw his Facebook post. It was lame. So on the way out, uh, Ari, once again, Ari Kagan, we're endorsing him in a big way on Sid and Friends in the Morning, in a big way of all these races. Uh, he's the one who has to win. He's got to win up against Justin Brand in District 47. Uh, obviously, you're pro-Israel. You talked about that. Obviously, you're pro-cop. You talked about that. Justin Brannon lied to me. He lied to Rosanna Scotto. He absolutely, 1,000%, defunded the police a couple of years ago, 1,000%. So outside of the pro-Israel stance and pro-cop stance, what else, Ari, would you do as a city councilman to improve the lives of the people in your neighborhood? My office staff and myself help thousands and thousands of uh, people in South and Brooklyn in the last 22 months. I will strongly oppose any new taxes. I'm against congestion pricing, for example, up to $23 just to enter Manhattan. I will vote against any new tax, any new fee, any new tariffs. Enough is enough. It's already very, very expensive to live in New York City. 
I will continue to fight for hardworking New Yorkers to support middle class, small businesses, uh, and now with these new regulations and new taxation on small businesses. So that's my priorities. And of course, merit-based education in schools. We have to uh, support success. We need to support hard work and uh, kids who study in libraries, not to punish them and to create some kind of library, some kind of lottery just for anybody. We are not playing American dream in the lottery. It's a hard work following the rules and making sure that American dream is alive. Did you vote for yourself already today, Ari? Yes, I did. I already voted. And where'd you go? Where'd you go vote for yourself there? I voted in Grayson in a school PS 216. And uh, on my way out, I was greeted by uh, several of my neighbors who also came just to vote for me. And I'm very thankful, grateful for such an enthusiastic support. Very cool. PS 216, District 47, Ari Kagan. Well, Ari, we wish you the best of luck. We have enthusiastically endorsed you for quite some time on this program. And uh, we need a win out of you. So good luck today, and hopefully you get a win. We'll talk again later on this week. How does that sound? Thank you so much. Let's roll it. All right, thank you. There he is, Ari Kagan, once again, our choice for city councilman running against uh, Justin Brannon in District 47. Brannon is terrible, terrible. He's adopted every Democrat stance that has destroyed our best cities and states across this country. Not just adopted them, but been the face of them. So if you like, I'll make it very simple. If you live in that area, Bay Ridge or any of those um, places in that um, in that city council district, if you like what's going on, vote for Justin. If you don't like what's going on, which most of us don't, then you vote for Ari. Vote for Ari Kagan, folks. We'll come back with more of Sid and Friends in the morning on this Election Day 2023, right after this. The days of you've been reading some old letters. You smile and think how much you've changed. All the money in the world couldn't buy back those days. You fall back your heavens and the sun. Is sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Election day in New York City. City council seats are on the ballot, as well as the race for Queens District Attorney. There are multiple mayoral races in Westchester and Long Island, and Suffolk County will elect a new county executive. Voters will choose state Supreme Court justices and civil court justices, and there's two statewide ballot measures, one regarding debt limits for small city school districts and another for sewage projects. In New Jersey, every seat in both houses of the legislature is up for grabs, and there are multiple mayoral races in Connecticut. In the race for the White House, a new poll shows that former President Trump has a quite a lead over President Biden in five key swing states. The New York Times and Siena College survey found that voters in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Arizona, and Nevada all prefer Trump. Mr. Biden only leads in Wisconsin. 
Former President Trump's turn on the witness stand in his civil trial in New York, where he is accused of lying to banks about his wealth. Former President Trump takes the stand in the New York civil case that puts his family business empire on the line. I am certain that he will engage in name-calling and taunts and race-baiting and call this a witch hunt. You have a racist attorney general who made some terrible statements and you just see someone that came over the wires today. A bloody scene as we see an elderly man on the ground. That man, identified as 69-year-old Paul Kessler, would later die of his injuries. From the Shell gas station on Thousand Oaks and Westlake, where there was a Palestinian rally around 3 p.m. Sunday. Kessler, who was Jewish, was holding an Israeli flag, standing next to someone holding a Palestinian flag. There was some type of altercation, the signage obstructing the view of how things unfolded. But at one point, you see the Israeli flag go down. It's unclear what exactly happened, but investigators say Kessler fell backwards and struck his head. Some witnesses say Kessler was hit with a megaphone by a counter-protester. He died early Monday morning. The cause of death, blunt force head injury, according to the medical examiner's office. The Mets are naming Carlos Mendoza. Wow, the Mets named Carlos Mendoza as their manager. Hmm. Uh, I have to admit, I do not favor bringing in a guy who has never managed a day in his life in New York City to be the manager. It has not worked with the Mets in the past. It certainly didn't work with Callaway. I would not do this. Didn't work with Rojas. Uh, I'm a little surprised. So Carlos Mendoza is the Met manager, so that takes care of that. Breaking news out of the NFL, an MRI today confirming Giants quarterback Daniel Jones has a torn ACL. Head coach Brian Dable announcing that. Jones will miss the remainder of the season for the 2-7 and seven Giants. That leaves the rookie Tommy DeVito as the QB for New York, but Dayball would not commit to him as the starter moving forward. The Giants play second-string QB Tyrod Taylor on the IR over the weekend with a rib injury. So you look at the season stats for 2020. 23 of Daniel Jones. This is it. A 67.5% completion percentage. Two passing touchdowns compared to six interceptions. Certainly leaving a lot to be desired for his numbers and overall for the Giants. They're with under three and a half to go. Here's Eckler. His second of the night. And the Chargers fans in attendance able to cheer that as the Chargers have blown it open here late in the fourth. Can I say something real quick? Sure. There's a reason you're number one in New York. You are fantastic. Oh you really are fantastic. And I appreciate you, buddy. And God bless everybody in New York. That's my guy, Mark Levin, right there. I've always said Mark Levin has exquisite taste. <laughs> Mark Levin, yesterday, there's a reason why you're number one in New York City. It's because you're fantastic. Look who's talking, the great Mark Levin. Uh, we've had a uh, terrific show already today. Ari Kagan joined us uh, minutes ago. We are endorsing Ari Kagan in a very, very big way in that District 47 race against uh, the Democrat, who's a horrible person, Justin Brannon. We also had Nicole Maliotakis on this morning, Curtis Sliwa was on this morning. We exposed the Philadelphia Eagles as the anti-Semites and anti-American team uh, that they are. 
all about BLM because the NFL is okay with that. But uh, when a man shows up at an Eagles-Cowboys game with a half-American, half-Israeli flag, he gets thrown out of the stadium, physically thrown out of the stadium. And you don't mess with George Northwell. You don't do that. That is one tough guy. So we've uh, exposed the Philadelphia Eagles. That open had a lot there. Daniel Jones, not just out for the year. He may be done forever. I mean, if you're the Giants, I don't want to hear about Jones anymore. I, I allowed Andrew and Pete Morgan and all these guys to try to convince me. Oh, look at the stats. The guy had one good year. One. One. He's always hurt. He's a turnover machine. He's got bad offensive lines. I agree. And no wide receivers. I agree with all of that. But I've seen enough. If I can get Caleb Williams out of USC, I'm taking him. I'm moving on from Jones. So not only is Jones out for the year and the early part of next year, Jones may be done as a Giants quarterback. Zach Wilson is a terrible quarterback. <laughs> terrible. Listen to me. He's the worst quarterback in the league. He's terrible. Yeah, terrible. I mean, the Jets were embarrassed at home last night by the Chargers. That team's got a great defense. They can run the ball. They're not even competitive against the Chargers. Yeah. They're 4-4. and four, It's over. Aaron Rodgers, get him out there at 50%. Put him out there. <laughs> I don't care if he can't walk. Get Aaron Rodgers out there. Zach Wilson is terrible. Who the hell the Mets just hired? I have no idea. <laughs> Mario Mendoza. What's this guy's Carlos. name? Carlos. Carlos Mendoza. Mario hey, Mendoza. let's go to the Yankees. The Yankees just had the worst year. Yeah. They wanted to fire everybody. Every fan wanted Boone gone, Cashman gone. What do the Mets do? They hire a Yankee. Yeah. Because they would match Craig Council's $8 million that the Cubs gave him. So if it sounds depressing, it is. And the NBA takes the day off. They're off today. <laughs> Swear to God, I'm not kidding you. The Knicks beat the Clippers last night. The Knicks lost to the Bucks. Both are back in action tomorrow. The number one pick overall, Webin Yama, makes his debut at the Garden. The NBA is off today because God knows Julius Randle can't wait to run to the polls and vote for Ina Vernikov. <laughs> You can see R.J. Barrett. Um, uh, I'm here for Ari Kagan. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, Jalen Brunson voting <laughs> for Kelly Klingham. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, uh, this is uh, Emmanuel Quickly. What do I vote for, Vicky Palladino? Well, they should. <laughs> they should be using MSG as like a poll center. No. No, I don't know. That should be a thing. I, I really haven't thought about if that. If they're not going to be playing any sports there. I mean, it makes no sense. The players play on Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Day, but they're off on Election Day. They're all black. Yeah, if there's a day they should take off to honor Martin Luther King, it's that day. Mm. They make them work on MLK Day, they're off for Election Day. They still have How old... many players on the Knicks and Nets actually vote? <laughs> right, they, should be, they should be off the whole month of Black History Month. <laughs> so they still have the old ladies looking for the name <laughs> in the book? Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Are you registered? Um, yeah. Oh, you just go vote anyway. You had a good game last night. <laughs> yeah. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Money and we buy a cheap wire. Sit on the corner and have a 
of the great song, Billy Joel, half a mile away off of the 52nd Street album. You know, I forgot tomorrow is actually the third GOP debate. It's in Miami, but my friend Trump's not going, so I don't care. I watched the first one. It was a four-hanger abortion. Four hangers. I didn't watch the second one. This one, there's like five of them, so Nikki Haley is going to yell at everybody how smart she is. Tim Scott is, he's a heck of a nice guy, but he is an awful debater. Terrible on stage. Is a fat and stupid Chris Christie going to be there? I don't even know. I don't care. My next guest is the greatest mayor in the history of that position of any city, any state in America's history. He also does a great job, 3 p.m. every afternoon here on WABC, and I love him like my own relative. I really do. He's the man, the great Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, good morning, pal. How are you? I'm good, Sid. How are you? I'm all fired up on about 90 different fronts, but I'm going to... I know you are. You, you're, you, you, you're, you're ignited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... I love it. I love it. Thank you. Well, that makes you number one. <laughs> Thank you. But I'm going to start with this. i got to start with the mayor because, of course, you uh, set the standard for all great mayors, and he went to the White House last week to talk to Biden about the, you know, the migration issue, and he never even got inside the White House, and he had to emergency fly home. And it turned out that uh, Brianna Suggs, his uh, chief of fundraising, I guess, her uh, house in Brooklyn was raided by the FBI. They came out with tons of boxes. Now, most people I speak to, Rudy, say she's finished, Brianna. Ingrid may be next, but most people I speak to seem to think the mayor will get by this unscathed, except for Curtis Lewa, of course. What are your thoughts on the FBI raid and the future for Mayor Eric Adams? Well, first of all, you know, having been... A couple of years ago, the subject of an FBI raid, and uh, including on my law office, and uh, massive publicity that where there's smoke, there's fire. And it turned out there wasn't even uh, fire. There was nothing because a year and a half later, they wrote a letter to the grand jury saying there was no probable cause that I did anything wrong. You know, it's funny you say that because after the Eric Adams story broke, our mutual friend, defense attorney Arthur Idala texted me that night, and he said, before Curtis goes nuts tomorrow morning, just remember they did the same thing to our friend Rudy Giuliani, and nothing happened. Yeah, and they came up with nothing. So there was no smoke. There was no fire. They actually, they missed the two, uh, the two things that would have been fire. They wouldn't take the Hunter Biden hard drives that right. I offered them. <laughs> right. but, so I don't know. I really do think we should practice what we preach, which is not to prejudge uh, any of these people. And I, I, these charges, these ghost uh, uh, donations, they happen in every campaign. I'll give you an example. In the 2008 presidential campaign, uh, believe it or not, McCain and I and Hillary Clinton got fairly large ghost donations, like 50000 or 100000 from the same guy. <laughs> he wanted to bet on the really? winner. So we covered <laughs> the field. <laughs> So he donated to me, uh, he donated to McCain when McCain was the front runner. He donated to me when I was the front runner. He donated to Hillary uh, because he, he thought, uh, you know, he thought she was going to win. He left out, <laughs> he left out Obama. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't know about it, and McCain didn't know about it, and she didn't know about it. Uh, and who the heck would want it? I mean, you don't want if you even think of the amount of money involved, there isn't there isn't that much money involved. You're going to sell yourself for, you know, twenty thousand dollars contribution. So I don't know. Uh, unless there's more to this, you know, it goes beyond ghost donation. Well, that means that 
somebody who has to abide by the campaign finance limit, let's say it's $5,000, he wants to give you 100000 so he gets all these different people, and he has them donated, and he gives them the money. That's a ghost donation. And the allegation, I think, is that the campaign, not the mayor, that the campaign got ghost donations through Turkey, which would be doubly illegal. It would also be illegal because it's a foreign contribution. That's kind of like the old uh, Russian collusion thing. That's what the crime was there. The crime there was kind of ridiculous. It was that the information constituted money, and therefore Trump got right. an illegal contribution from the Russians, which law, law professors and uh, are split 50-50 as to whether that's a violation. So I think you're right. I think it smells like something that he's not – they're not going to be able to attribute it to him. I think if it remains the way it is, probably correctly. But there's always a possibility they were looking for more. Right. Because so, they, a raid, a raid on, a, on a mayor for this is kind of stupid. Well, do you think – you know, I was talking to – one. really – yeah, uh, this is really just a ghost donation case. Right. But, but, I can't imagine in my days that we would have raided a mayor. Now, this is a different FBI. And as I said, uh, 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 he may not be in the golden circle. Right. That was going to be my next question. I spoke to somebody before, and they said because he's been outspoken about Biden's lousy immigration policy, is it possible – in fact, Nicole Melotaka said this – not that necessarily he's a victim, but is it possible that Biden has singled out Eric Adams because Adams has been critical of the president? I think it is. 100% possible, yeah. I mean, that's the way they operate. I mean, they, 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 it's, all, it's been Republicans up until now, but isn't it political enemies that they go after? And how about Menendez? He could have been indicted two years ago. I think, I think that guy might not have gotten indicted if he kept his mouth shut. I mean, he, he, he was... Uh, he criticized him on Iran. He criticized him on border. Who was he to do that? So they indict him. He, I mean, against him, that's a different story. There's a lot of evidence. And again, we got to presume him innocent, but we don't. There's no evidence so far against Adams. There is a lot of evidence presented against him in the papers. But on the, by the same token, that evidence was there said, a year ago. Yeah, two and years they were, ago. They were letting him skate as long as he was being a. Eric, yeah. Faithful, a good soldier. Uh, a fascist soldier. Right, as long as he was referring to himself as a Biden of Brooklyn. You know what's interesting? Yes, we talk sir. about this city and how the city has gone backwards. You know, don't believe all the crime numbers. People are still scared to death. Don't believe the subway numbers. They're traveling it now more than ever. People are still scared to death. It's dirty. It's filthy. There's closed stores up and down the east and west side and all these things going on. And I talk to people in real estate, and uh, the honest ones say it's not good. And I know that it, it can't be fun Rudy, having your personal life everywhere, but it is. So when the Daily News runs a story this week that what do Rudy Giuliani and Savannah Guthrie have in common, neither one can get near the amount of money they want in trying to sell their apartments in New York City. I don't know the specifics. It's none of my business. But if that's true, what does that say about the real estate market here in New York? Uh, I, You know, I've actually had some offers pretty darn close. So I'm not in a state where I'm not sure that I can't. Uh, and if I, you know, we'll see. Uh, and I'm not rushing, so. Right. Okay, so you're saying that it's not as bad then because they made it sound no, like. No, no, actually I got, I got, I got an offer that would indicate it's a pretty good market, not 
as good as it was a year or two ago. Right. And part of part of my calculation is if I don't sell it now, there be no, there may be nobody to sell it to three years from now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, you know. I mean, <laughs> I, the value has gone down. There's no question about it. But right. So far, not catastrophic. Yeah, it's funny because 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 I'm perfectly honest with you. My real my real issue is again there'll be nobody to sell it to. It. Yeah. I, I don't see the way this city reflexively wrote, votes like a Pavlo, like Pavlovian dogs for Democrats is absolutely astounding. And it's true of every big city, and and it's uh, it's almost an illness. In Chicago, it's an illness. I mean, they've been voting Democrat for sixty years. The party is crooked as, as as all get out. So was the one in New York, by the way. I'm not I'm not saying Adams is, but the basic structure of the Democrat Party with the five four county leaders. I mean, Staten Island is sort of an exception. I mean, that, it's crooked as hell. And our court is a our court is a real disappointment because. They're selected. People don't realize this. They're going to go vote. They're going to vote for a judge. They're not really voting for a judge. It's like voting in the old Soviet Union. They're voting for the guy that the Democratic county leader or woman picked out. And probably no opponent. The guy that's sitting on uh, Trump's case has run three times without an opponent, (laughs) which means he's a selection of the party. And he was a law clerk before that, which means he got that job through the party. So he's a machine guy. And when Trump calls him a hack, He's not he's not he's right. It's a, it's a harsh word for it, but that's what he is. He's not a, like a judge that was appointed because of his merit. Who knows if he has any merit? He was appointed because he sucked up to the party. And what happens there? And I learned this in law school. You can't win an election case. I mean, they may be honest on other cases or they may not be. But on election cases, they all owe the party. So if you're if like when I ran in 89 and we thought maybe there was a, a, a chance to overturn the election because it was very close and there were a lot of challenges. I remembered my law school professor saying, you, you're not going to you're not going to win in, in a New York court as a Republican. Yeah. Yeah. I True. mean, you're not even yeah. a chance. That, yeah. that, that's part of what happened in uh, in in, two, in 2020. The Democrats picked the crooked cities. And the uh, irony of it is that poll the other day are all the places that he was winning on election night by a good vote and then lost. And now he's winning them by 4 to 11 percent. Same states, exact same states. Same thing. You're right, except for uh, Wisconsin. The other five are going yeah, Trump's way. Wisconsin, 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 he's within the margin of error, 2 percent. Right, and he right. Be, and, he, and he beats uh, uh, the vice president there. So, which means he's got some real strength there. I mean, if he's two percent behind any Democrat, he's four percent ahead. <laughs> You're probably right. And then again, he's back in court yesterday, and you get this AG, and I'll say it: she's a racist. She's a racist and a dummy, Letitia James. She's a horrible person, and she's like, he's going to taunt. Wait a second. She ran. Her ticket was, I'm going to get Trump to name Alan Dershowitz's book. That was her ticket. What do you mean yeah, he's going to taunt you? A candidate for prosecutor, which is what she is, state can't run and target one person. It doesn't matter who that person is. I mean, the bar association should have disbarred her. Instead of wasting millions of dollars disbarring me, they should go after her. I didn't do anything wrong. I just represented my client vigorously. But you got a woke bar association, and uh, and they they approve all these judges too, you know. Qualified, qualified, qualified. 
The guy, the guy can't figure out that Mar-a-Lago is worth more than eighteen million. <laughs> I mean, you got to be a massive dope. When I was down there last week, Ted and I went around. I'll show you the pictures, Sid. I took pictures of eight places on the market for twice the amount of Mar-a-Lago, and none of them is within one twentieth the size. Right, right. And they're not on the ocean. One, one is forty million. I, I went over it yesterday on my show. Forty million dollar piece of property that's not as big. As the ballroom at Mar-a-Lago, <laughs> yeah, and it's one twentieth the size, and they're probably they're, they're asking uh, thirty nine nine. They're probably gonna get thirty five million for it. He has Mar-a-Lago at eighteen million. It's like it's about like eight houses. It's on both uh, bodies of water. I'm not sure there's another piece of property in in uh, Palm Beach on both bodies of water. It's on the intercoastal and on the ocean. Wow, Jeez. and it's an unbelievably gorgeous, unique property. You almost can't put a value on it because of the celebrity status of it. It's one of those things where, you know, somebody can come along and say, I just want that damn thing. I'll give you two bills, you know? That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing those types of numbers. So I do want to ask you this on the way out because clearly, whether it's Letitia James or this other idiot Alvin Bragg, the DA in New York City, another stupid racist, a bunch of people that have been trying to get Donald and all these lawsuits and indictments and everything going on and, now, forgetting about beating up the Republican field, he's just killing them. DeSantis and Haley are miles back. They've got no chance, zero chance. Now he's beating Biden in just about every major swing state. Like you said, five out of six with Wisconsin still in play. Everything the Democrats have done the last two years to kill Donald Trump has just made him stronger. Do they not realize that? No, they don't realize it. In fact, you know, I said well, I said that. You know, back when the first one came out and all of a sudden, that was the time he took off. He was pretty close to DeSantis and he takes off. Now, now, I mean, they they got him ahead of DeSantis. Then they got him to a landslide against DeSantis. Now they got him beating their own candidate. (laughs) And I mean, before it's over, he may win unanimous. I mean, they're ridiculous. They do it all the time. Think about January 6th. Uh, uh, the, a couple of days after January 6th, most people in America would say Donald Trump was done. Within months, he started to come back Be- because they overdid it. They lied about it. Sure, something wrong happened there. But was it a civil war? Was it uh, 9-11? My God, that got me, boy, when they did that. It was 9-11. And then it turns out none of the people they said were killed were killed. They lied about that. They got an open, uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, murder one investigation of Ashley Babbitt. That none of them will even answer. You, you say Ashley Babbitt, that committee, you know, they all put their masks back on for COVID. Uh, that's a disgrace. I mean, oh, that's a, terrible. That woman got killed right. for no reason. A black cop killing a white no woman, reason. too. Right, a black cop yeah. killing a white woman. Uh, it would have been a it would have been a riot all over America. George Floyd, same thing. So let me ask you this, because we've got about two minutes to go, Rudy. If and when Donald Trump wins. And, um, you know, I've gotten close, but not nearly as close as you, not nearly. But I've gotten close with the president, and I do love him, and I'm endorsing him with a lot of enthusiasm the last couple of years. If he wins, can we say that Donald Trump won again in 2024 because he was a great president or because Joe Biden was so bad? Both. 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 Okay. You know, uh, uh, first of all, the people who, who are voting for him and have been with him, are affirming the fact that he was a great president. The people who were with him don't think he was just a good president. They think he was a great president. 
the people against him, I mean, there's a whole bunch of them that have some kind of a psychological problem. I don't know how you could raise them. And I think the people who are coming around now, because I, I was listening to some of the uh, uh, questions for the people in that poll, are people who were sure three months ago they'd never vote for him. One guy said, I never thought I'd be voting for Trump. But, you know, reality, it was much better under Trump. So I don't know if they're ever going to say he was a great president. But they're kind of saying that when they're saying the condition of their country was, was you know, about as good as it's ever been when he was president. And Biden makes it difficult because we've never, we've never had a worse president. I, just, I don't think we have. I mean, we certainly have never had a more crooked president. Uh, the guy, uh, the guy. I can't imagine any any president took over, you know, thirty, forty million dollars in bribes. Oh God, I no! Know. I mean, Jimmy was a bad president, but he was, you well, know, Jimmy he, was an honest man, right? Uh, Jimmy was, right? Jimmy was a, was uh, almost too honest, you know. He, would, but he was an honest man, and he was he was a, he was naive. He was a naive guy. He wasn't cut out for the job. You know, uh, Bill Clinton wasn't as good a man as uh, Carter, but he was a better president. Agreed. You know, just, uh, the, the, the idea that the perfect man is going to be a great president, is, the guy has to be somewhat conniving. He's got to be – he's dealing with murderers. Right, right. He's, he's dealing with mass murderers like Putin and <laughs> right. Z. And, I mean, if the guy is some kind of simpleton, he's going to get walked all over. I couldn't agree more. I say that all the time. You need somebody who's a little crazy to deal, like you just said, and Putin's tough. And tough, right, and Trump is tough, and you're tough. Street, you know, and been in the street and dealt with people. Yes. You know, I used to, I used to think when I watched Obama looking at Putin, it looked like, uh, you know, the the the, uh, the the mass murdering KGB agent and the community organizer. <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> and I think Putin used to look at him and say, "What do they give me him for?" <laughs> when he got Trump, he said, "Oh my God, this guy may may do it. I mean, he may get angry at me and push yeah. him." Yeah, hey, that's why. Hey, listen, that's why. Right before Trump was president, we had the issue with uh, Putin in Crimea with Obama. And as soon as the president leaves, you can talk about Afghanistan all you want. We've got Russia in, in uh, going into Ukraine. It's Obama and Biden. That's the key, not even Afghanistan. Anyway, I love you. You're uh, you're the best. Thank, I'm really, you. thank you for coming on every week because this is we yeah, really value doing a this. Great thank job you. Job on Israel, my friend. We didn't get to talk about it, but you, we don't have to. You're doing a great job on Israel. That's that's a uh, uh, humanitarian issue. That is incredibly, incredibly important and being ignored as a humanitarian issue. Why, coming from you, that means a lot. I'm going to go home now and retire. I got Levin and Giuliani on the same day saying nice things to me. <laughs> You're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Rudy. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. That's the great Rudy Giuliani, the greatest politician in the history of New York. Listen to me carefully. The greatest politician in the history of New York. And of course, my man is on 3 o'clock every weekday afternoon, and his kid, Andrew, pretty good friend of mine, too, and a damn good radio guy as well. That wraps up three hours. We'll talk to Vicky Palladino coming up later this hour. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy, this is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? 77 WABC.
Break those chains that bind you. Ralph Napolitano checks in. My good buddy, Ann and Tony's on Arthur Avenue. His brother Tony's a really good cook. He says, I just voted in my District 13 for Christy Mamorado for City Council. That's Mike Rendino's sister. We're voting for her. We're, we're endorsing her. The Democrat District Attorney and all judges ran unopposed. That needs to change. It's a disgrace. I did not vote for any of them. wonder how my guy, uh, Grasso, because I like George Grasso. I like him a lot. He knows that. I put him on all the time, and I like him. I don't think he has much of a chance in beating Melinda Katz. He's a machine in Queens, but I wonder how he does today. But at any rate, the Republican Mamorado got Napolitano's vote in the Bronx. So what I want to do is get back on the clock. My buddy's here from All Flags. And you may remember about a month ago, he brought in this beautiful wooden American flag for me and my mom. I mean, it is gorgeous. Lewis, you actually took them back in the van because... Oh, yeah, those are nice. Right. So now he's back here today wow. with a flag that's half American flag, half Israeli flag. Oh, let's bring it to Philly. Let's, let's take it to Philly. Let's go. Eagles home game, baby. They love the Jews in Philly. He's a Jewish owner, that prick. That no good lorry, that prick. Wow, are they home this week? Oh, they have a bye. Oh, okay. Who cares? Anyway, let's take a quick break, come back, and talk to a lady that I really love. I love her. I know Andrew Giuliani is out there with her this morning. She needs to win. She's running against a very, very bad guy. Talking about the Israeli flag. This guy, Tony Avella, in District 19, he's all about the Palestinians. Hangs out with them, goes to funerals. Telling you right now, folks, if you're Jewish and you're Tony Avella, as Curtis would say, impale yourself with a menorah today. Don't do it. Your choice in District 19 is Vicky Palladino, and she's next. In the morning, 77 WABC. So they're holding a sit-in right now outside the U.N. I don't know why outside the U.N. That place, they don't give a rat's ass about Israel. For the most part, they hate us. But they are, and these are the families of the hostages. They're all sitting outside the U.N., and they're all wearing blindfolds. Because, of course, the assumption is they blindfolded all these hostages on their way back and maybe still in Gaza, who knows? Hard to watch it. Hard to watch it. Where are those Palestinian scumbags behind him telling us that that never happened? You've heard that before, right? They interview these uh, low lives, these kids at these rallies, and they go, no, no, that's uh, Israeli propaganda. We didn't do that. We didn't kill anybody. We didn't take any hostages. Where are they today? And now a friend, Lynn, checks in before I get to Vicky here in a second. She says, I've got a psycho. His name is Jonathan David Rinaldi as the Republican against Gennaro in the 24th District in Fresh Meadows, where I live. He's a nut job, but I voted for him. Good. I don't care if they're crazy. As long as there's an R by their name, Republican, that's who you vote for. Do not vote for any Democrats today. You want to save this city? You want to save this state? Save the country next year with Trump? Stop voting Democrat. 
Don't tell me about common sense is two. Yeager and Bob Holden, that's it. You want to save this city, vote Republican. That's it. It's very simple. Don't worry about it. Just vote R. Then we got a shot. Even then, we're in trouble. But then we got a shot. One of those Republicans is one of my favorites. She's in District 19 in Queens. She's the great Vicky Paladino running against a terrible guy, Tony Avella. Vicky, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Sid. How are you? It's election day. Yes. Everybody get out and vote. Yeah, it turns out, I know Andrew Giuliani's about to join you in a couple of minutes here to help you campaign yeah. today, but, man, the more I read about it, I don't know Tony Avello personally, I really don't. So if I'm attacking him today, it's based upon what I've read and seen in very reputable publications. Of turns course. out this guy's a pretty bad guy. I mean, he's going to funerals and hanging out with all these pro-Palestinian people. Is that true? Yes, it is. Uh, the way it ha- somebody sent me a video about a month ago, uh, right around the time it was happening in Israel. It was after October the 7th. And it, it came to me, and he was at a mosque, and he was asking them for money. Uh, he's more important than your money is your, uh, more important than your vote is your money. Well, that spun a thread. And we find out that this guy, Chad Derry, last name Chad Derry, he lived in Little Neck, Douglaston, which is considered the wealthiest part of District 19. Turns out that he's been Tony Avella's liaison for the last almost 15 years um, with the Palestinian community. But what, what was worse about all of this was when it happened, that Holocaust situation that we had, this disgusting massacre, um, we find out that he's throwing him a fundraiser. Uh, we went on his Facebook page just to see, and we could not believe what we were looking at. We were looking at things on it. Now, if you have Facebook, because he claims his Facebook page was hacked, that's a crock. His Facebook page was not ha- uh, hacked, because if it was, Sid, I pay attention to my Facebook page. If I don't like what's on it, guess what? It comes down. So if I if you leave something up for two or three weeks, there's something wrong with you. He he posted a Hitler speech. He posted many many different things, and oh he needed God. to be exposed. This guy is not only is he a miserable human being because I know him as my councilman and as uh, a constituent here in the district, uh, my state senator. This guy is evil, pure evil. He hasn't shown up. For one debate, he says he's afraid to be in the room with me, Sid, okay, because my followers are white supremacists. He has spent the last five days of this election calling out proud boy relations, calling out uh, uh, white supremacy, anti-Semitism on me. You know what? When you sit in your basement, buddy, and you don't come out because you're a coward, because you can, you have no record to run on, and you're afraid of me? No, what you're afraid of, Tony, is the truth hitting you right in the face, because that's exactly what I would do. On every aspect of my last two years in office, I have been more productive than he has been in his 16 or 18 years. This is a career politician, okay? And he just thinks he has gone through three or four campaign managers the youngest campaign manager just came on, and I think that's when the real mudslinging started 
with relating me to Proud Boys and relating me to white supremacy. You know, this is such BS. I'm sick of it. All I want to do is concentrate on my record, the trust I've built in my district, being born and raised here. My accomplishments have been oh so many. All I wanted to do was discuss what's going on in my district and what now is going on on a much broader scale in our city. I was just on Fox on Saturday on uh, Eric Sean's show. I don't know if you got the video of that. You should watch it. It was about, uh, you know, what's going on here uh, yeah. with these uh, punks coming onto our streets and waving the Palestinian flags and, uh, you know, screaming all kinds of hate. We're watching this erupt, and I called them small terrorist cells uh, because that's exactly what they are. We will see issues here. I do not believe they have the right to freedom of speech when you are doing what you are doing. This is calling out, kill the Jews, in plain English, kill the Jews. And uh, everybody in my district who is Jewish, I've spoken at synagogues. I've spoken with my rabbis. They know where Vicky sits. And Vicky is a fighter, and they know that. And you give me something, give me a cause, Sid, something I truly believe in, and I will go yeah. right to the line well, you, with anybody. You don't have to convince I'm, me. I mean, I have become kind of the um, the voice of the Jewish people. I get invited, I swear to God, almost, I would say about five days a week to host different events around New York City. I'm a proud Jew. I would punch Tony Avella across the back. I'm not encouraging any violence, but but I would knock him out. Uh, but but in all seriousness, um, I uh, I've been endorsing you for a long time because I know how you feel about the Jewish people, about everybody uh, in Queens. And while this uh, pro-Palestinian thing has been a thorn in my side, don't forget yesterday, folks. Yesterday was exactly one month to the day that uh, Hamas pulled off this. This deal, and don't forget, Hamas. They may be progressive, they may be radicals, but they're Palestinians. They're not Jews, and they did this. That's right. But uh, but you've got another issue in Queens. You've been on with uh, with me recently talking about, and that is the illegal. Some call them migrants and asylum seekers. I know you've been working very hard to keep those people out of your neighborhood too. I'm not sure what Tony Avella has done, but you've been working very hard. Uh, they're gone. They're, they closed the respite center. Said two weeks ahead of schedule. I am so incredibly proud of what. My office and our due diligence and me, what we've been doing, working constantly from day one when we got the word, what St. Agnes was going to turn into. You know, St. Agnes is no longer part of the Brooklyn Diocese. It was it was purchased by SCA. And, uh, you know, I've been fighting tooth and nail with that. I did not do any loud protests. What I did do which was my due diligence to go there every day. I would park outside, watch the comings and goings. But most important of all is that I paid very close attention to my constituents. They have my cell number. And they were calling me, sending me pictures, sending me text messages. It was disgusting. I did not leave the mayor's office alone. They were getting bombarded, uh, not just with uh, text messages, but physical phone calls, and to Menashe Shapiro's credit, he's taken every one of my calls right out of the box. I love him. Yes, I am. I, 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 I have a great, I, I, him and I 
terrific. I can't wait to go to dinner with him and actually sit down and have a nice conversation about other things. Uh, he's a wonderful guy. He's been by my side from the beginning, and I did not want to cause a huge disturbance at St. Agnes because it was such a, it's such a tight community. I was really afraid of what the people in the community and how they would react. So I knew that I had to keep it on a low burn but never, you know, low, low boil, but I could not, could not ever stop. And I didn't stop. And because I handled it, I feel I, I was given by the grace of God, the ability. It's not, it's not uh, what Joanne's dealing with. And it's certainly not Creedmoor, but it was 500 people up to 500 people coming into a very small town and it tore it up badly with crime, sex in the backyard, smoking pot on the front on the front porches. It really wreaked havoc on this mm. little town. Yeah. So I did what I did with Vinasha, with Zach Isol, and um, lo and behold, uh, through my hard work, which of course Tony won't even recognize, a lot of the uh, larger publications would not recognize, you know, they would not throw the credit all at me, which I did not want to accept all the credit because I worked together with the mayor's office on this. But if I would have had, if I would have had large protests or anything like they did in Staten Island, I can guarantee you this: St. Agnes would still be open as a respite. Center. Oh, I agree. I agree. So, in the final sixty seconds here, uh, this is Vicky Palladino. I implore you. I compel you. In fact, I'm threatening you. <laughs> you vote in District 19, you better vote for Vicky. If I find out you didn't, you're going to be in big trouble. Uh, in the final 60 seconds, give me above and beyond the Israeli issue, you're on the right side. The migrant issue, you're on the right side. Give me a few other things, uh, reasons why people should vote for you and not for this louse, Tony Avella. Well, my genuine love of the district and my what I've done for uh, my schools, my kids, I call them my kids, uh, my police. I am a staunch, staunch supporter of my police. Uh, I've done so much with infrastructure. They know that, too. Uh, I, 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 I don't know where to begin because the list is so long. It's not until, you know, I just go about my day, Sid. I do what needs to be done. I'm proud of the fact that I've taken uh, very, very big projects in this area, and I have jump-started them. I have put together DEP, DDC, DOT to work on the roads in College Point. I did a huge thing yesterday with Tom Foley, the commissioner, and we've been working diligently on their roads. So they're coming back. Uh, It's not just their roads, it's their sewer system. It was a $200 million job that was stalled, completely stopped, until I took office. I also worked on the flooding in the Whitestone area and in the Douglaston Little Neck area. I've been everywhere, Sid. I don't know where to begin. I really don't because it's just been boots on the ground, ear to the sidewalk, my my, my office, second to none. Uh, people come from other districts to get things done, uh, and they know if they come and see Vicki, uh, my staff, and I will do what we can to help them and nudge the other council member along to please do the right thing. Otherwise, I take matters into my own hands. That's <laughs> the thing that the people really like. Yeah, is I like that. that. They know yeah. is that I, if, if they can't get, uh, Vicky will get it done, call Vicky. In one school, I'm known as Aunt Vicky. Aunt Vicky's coming for a visit. 
So I'm, 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 I couldn't be happier. The funding that has come my way through my diplomacy with City Hall, my district has seen close to $18 million. Tony has in capital projects and other things. Uh, Tony Bailey brought $8 million to this district in eight years of being a councilman. Um, I saw, too, the homeless shelter that was also done by my previous, uh, the previous uh, council member, Paul Valone. I handled that with kid gloves in Little Neck, Douglaston. Uh, I stopped the overdevelopment of what uh, J-Mart wanted to do in Little Neck, Douglaston. I flat out told them no way would they get the, uh, the, the, my blessing to do what they wanted to do. They had to build as of right. And I'm not done with them yet either. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's yeah. just what it's about. It's just what I do. No, I know. I love you. Listen, we got to run, but I uh, wish you the best yeah. of luck in District 19. Of, of all Everybody. the candidates running today, you're right there at the top of the list of my favorites. So go get the uh, the job done today, and we'll talk later in the week after you win, okay? All right. See you soon. Thanks. Uh, all right, sweetheart. Okay. Vicky Palladino, that's your choice. Trust me. This one, much like Kagan and Brannon, should not even be close. It will be. Because you Democrats are idiots, but it should not even be close. Paladino dwarfs Avella in every respect, every respect when it comes to this race. District 19. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. 77 WABC. Day after day, I'm more confused. Yet I look for the light through the pouring rain You know that's a game that I hate to lose So you may remember, um, I don't know, about two months ago I had a gentleman in studio He's got a company, it's Custom Rustic American Flags And uh, this handsome guy I know I have one of his t-shirts I don't have his Yankee tattoo but I have um, one of his T-shirts. you got to turn the volume up there. Eh? So this handsome guy found me on Instagram, and he said, look, I make these custom-made American flags. They're wood. They're heavy. They're heavy. And uh, he said, I want to make you one. And um, you don't find many people more, more patriotic than me. And I'm like, oh, my God, this would be great. And it's beautiful. So he made me not one but two of them. Of course, he made my mom Naomi one, and she loves it, by the way. She loves it. In fact, I gave it to her Rosh Hashanah dinner nice. in upstate New York. So mom and I, Naomi and Sid, sport these beautiful American flags, wooden, heavy, beautiful, from this um, from this company, Custom Rustic American Flags. Then he contacts me again. He says, I'm making a flag now. What do you think? Half American flag, half Israeli flag after the... October 7th attacks. And I'm like, now you really hit it. The American flag was great, but this one, this one will be my favorite thing I own. That'll be it. After Danielle and the kids, this flag, <laughs> half America, half Israel, that's as good as it gets. He said, I'm doing it. I'm doing it for you. That's and it only took a couple of weeks. And he's in studio now. I'm going to post on my Instagram. Follow me today at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, and Sid Rosenberg on Facebook, the picture of the two of us holding this flag, half American flag, half Israeli flag. Man, it is gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you, Sid. I really appreciate that. You know, um, just 
after, you know, what, what's going on in Israel and just knowing you, I just figured that, you know, I, I, I'd make something that you would really appreciate. And, um, you know, so I figured why not the uh, American and Israeli flag. And I know you would love it and I know you would cherish it. So I definitely, I banged that you. right out for you. Thank you. I have to imagine, you know, I went to my, uh, my temple, for example, in the Ponset. They've got something like this. Not nearly as heavy, not as good. This is a fine piece of art. I appreciate that. But they've that. got like, um, something that's, uh, maybe flag material. Okay. That's half and half. Right. But this is really special. Yeah. So if you're Jewish and you love this country still, then this is something you're going to want to have for sure. What's the easiest way for people to get this? And you make American flags, too. If you don't like Israel, then go up yourself. But <laughs> you can do that, too. But for the half America, half Israel flag, what's the easiest way to get it? So, yes, there's a couple of ways you can reach me. You can reach me on my Instagram account. It's uh, ALT Flags. That's my Instagram. I'm on Etsy also. It's ALT Flags 1776. Oh, really? Yes. Etsy 1776. Yes. Nice. That's right. That's right. And you can email me, uh, ALT Flags 1776 at gmail.com. I wonder why your Etsy and your email has 1776, but not on the Instagram. Why is that? You know, it was just when I had the Instagram first and, um, I just went with that name. Uh, you know, it's actually named after my three sons, Anthony, Luke, and Tyler. And I just like the, the ring of that, and eventually down the road, I added the 1776. Love it. And your uh, T-shirt you're wearing right now with an American flag, it's a nice shirt, That's ALT right. flags. That's right. Wooden patriotism, because not everything, you make other stuff too, I'm aware of, but That's right. you're really fine pieces of art all made out of wood, right? I, that's absolutely right. Um, you know, I make all different, a variety of flags, American flags, uh, coin holders for challenge coins, I make crosses, I make uh, ornaments for uh, Christmas coming up. Well, a, a variety of stuff you could definitely see on my Instagram. Where account. is your uh, warehouse at? Where do you manufacture all this stuff? Uh, I'm based out of Staten Island. Oh, you are on yeah, Staten, Island. Staten Island. I know you told me that before, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. all the great Americans are on Staten Island, man. That's right. That's right. It's amazing what a great borough that is. It is. It is. It's a forgotten borough, but it's a great borough. It certainly so you is. make everything right there yourself on Staten Island. On Staten Island. In all yourself? All myself. Every single thing. You don't have any other workers in that place. My wife. She helps me out. You're kidding me. <laughs> yeah, so right. you make a piece like this, which is really nice yep. and and quality wood. This is that's not right. a joke. Nope. And you do all this by yourself. Every single thing. That's right. So how many hours a day are you doing this stuff? You know, it's it's more of a part-time hobby. I Whenever I have time, I like I said, I have three young children, so they take up a lot of my time. But, you know, I, I definitely put each and every day, I put hours into it, you know, three to four hours every day. What happens day. If, if, like, a hundred Jews see this today? <laughs> then they have, want flags. And I'll have a lot of work to do. <laughs> you have to, start, no, you'll start, <laughs> have to start hiring people. That, now, you were in nice. law enforcement before this, right? I, I, I actually currently am, yes. Oh, you still are? Yes. You're a cop, I think, not a yes. fireman, right? Yes, yes. Okay, because right. the cops did win the mayor's cup. Yep, the uh, the right. big race at that's the right. uh, marathon on that's Sunday. Right. I, I know, I saw you Laura right there. Laura Cavanaugh had to hand the cup to Eddie Caban. Yes. So you guys uh, got the win. That's right. So you're a proud cop. Yep. And then you spend your uh, free hours making these beautiful, patriotic American flags. That's right, Sid. You may be the greatest American ever. (laughs) Well, what do you think? You think uh, my friend here belongs in the top ten greatest Americans ever? He's in the top ten. Right? Yeah, I can't see the entire flag, but it does look great. Oh, it's gorgeous. I appreciate that. Well, you got to take it home for me again in the van. Of course. I can't carry that on the subway. It's like 90 pounds. (laughs) So show the whole subway system. It's made to last. It is made to last. Can you put those things outside? Don't know, right? So you, they're made for indoor use. I can't coat them to be put outside, but it's really best to keep them inside out of the weather. Do you have these flags in your own house? Uh, all over my house. Yeah. <laughs> what if Noam Layden wants a flag? He keeps looking in here like he's waiting for one. 
Uh, he, he could be next. Absolutely. He could be next. Absolutely. For the low, low price of $300. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's what do right. these flags usually go for? Seriously. So that flag, the half and half flag, is 325 320 that, That's a great bargain. Come on. That's a great bargain. Yeah. All handmade, custom-made, USA-made. Now, what about the regular American flag? Yeah, 225 225 Yep. And what about the LBGTQ? <laughs> Zero. I don't make those. You don't make those? Is there any chance you won't make them? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've got the American flags. You've got the American-Israeli flags. Those are the only flags you make, right? Um, as well, I make a variety of flags. I make 1776 flags. Oh, you do? Yes, I make a "Do Not Tread on Me." I make a variety of flags. You know, pretty much all American-based flags. Can somebody send you a request? Absolutely, they can do that. Yes. And do you recommend they do it at Etsy, Instagram, or email? Uh, to be honest, with you for uh, whatever's easier for them is best for me. Fantastic. Well, I love you, man. This is uh, this is amazing. I got to wrap this show up, but Absolutely. this is a beautiful piece of art. It means Thank a you. lot to me. Uh, and, and, thank you so uh, and my family. So thank you so much. Absolutely, Sid. Folks, it's uh, Old Flags. You can check them out on Instagram, Custom Rustic American Flags. And again, give the uh, the Etsy and the email as well. Thank you, Sid. What is the, uh, the email? In the oh, I'm Etsy? sorry. That's okay. The Instagram is ALT Flags. Uh, the Etsy is ALT Flags uh, 1776. Amazing. Excellent job here, man. Thank, Thank you very, you. very much. Thank you very much. We'll take now. a short break. We'll come back and wrap things up. And make sure you look at my Instagram page after 10 o'clock to see this beautiful flag. Go buy one today, folks. Buy one today. America and Israel. They go together like steak and low and brow, baby. Steak and low and brown. <laughs> 